it it's nice to have a season that's um for outcasts and people who are a bit different. That whole Adam's family vibe of you would be completely accepted in this family of kind of oddballs. They're, they're different and they're a bit weird and they may not be accepted by mainstream society, but they have a lot of love within them as a group. Definitely. I love that. That's the best description of why I love Halloween so much <laughs> that I've never used or really thought about. It's just like, I love it so much. And then anyone who else... Any other people who feel like that, I'm like, one yeah. of us. One part of, of the us. Shit, part of the crew. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So you just said that mm-hmm. in a really beautiful way. That is why I'm excited about it. It's, yes, it is our holiday. I, like, especially as somebody who grew up um, as, like, a black person in the American South, and particularly in the Bible Belt, my parents were very hyper-religious growing up, and I wasn't allowed to do Halloween until I was, like, at least eighth grade, if not high school. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah, like it was, it was, I remember watching like, um, oh, what is it? The one with the godmother on Halloween. I don't remember what it was, but I remember watching that movie in secret and that'd be like my annual like secret Halloween thing I would do because I just was craving that like sense of imagination. And I think really touching on um, what Jane already said, but like it being for outcasts and feeling like an outcast in my own family and stuff and um, wanting that connection and imagination and everything. So I think this really leans into that and getting to imagine and, you know, play as other people, but also kind of find yourself through it too and all the good things. It's so beautiful. Yeah, we were talking about, uh, because I also grew up in the American South with a hyper-religious family that had me watch a VHS on why Harry Potter was of the devil. Um, Now there's other problems with Harry Potter, but at that time... That was just really intense for me. But it was not, I wasn't barred from participating in all of those things. So that's really intense, Vera. I feel like, are you now making a massive overcorrection oh, 1, in your life? It's like black post. lipstick every day. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. I was like, all your pictures are so fucking beautiful and spooky. So Yeah, no, complete 180. Like. I, we were so hyper religious that I'm actually ordained as a Presbyterian um, elder. Like we were in the shit deep. Um, wow! And now I'm <laughs> queer as fuck and spooky as fuck. So. <laughs> We've got the special edition, Platinum Record, Dice Funk, Limited Time Only, coming to you live. We're not actually live. <laughs> Always available, it's not limited time. Oozing with scloozies, thirsty sword lesbians, this is not your white bread, fifth edition, Dungeons and Dragons. I'm going to read the thirsty sword lesbians um, description from the Kickstarter, which I supported at the $69 level, nice. and I was very excited to play. <laughs> Yes, it is It is the nice level. Um, Thirsty Sword Lesbians by April Kit Walsh and Evil Hat Productions is a role-playing game that celebrates the love, power, and existence of queer people, especially queer people with swords and a lot of feelings. 
So in this game, you will solve problems with wit, empathy, and style, fight when something is worth fighting for, and redeem or seduce, which is always what Dice Funk people want to do, at least a few of your adversaries. So the rules that I sent out to everyone um, to be involved in this one shot for Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Spookmas. Spooky. Um, was that you and your character may or may not be thirsty, may or may not be sword wielding, and may or may not be lesbian. And the only real rule is that you and your character can't be a fascist, a turf, or a bigot. Love that. So those those are really the only rules. Um, if you love angsty disaster lesbians with swords, you have come to the right place. Uh, so we have not one but two first-time players, and then this is my first time DMing anything. Um, I think Jane knows how to play this game better than me at this point. Uh, so let's start with a few introductions. I'll go first. I'm Joa. Hi. I use she and they pronouns. Uh, you may know me from the credits for Dice Funk, which is the podcast that most of y'all listening actually listen to. Um, but today I'm coming to you as the GM or a gay master, which is what Thirsty Sword Lesbians calls it, for this Halloween vibe one-shot episode. I'm also at Pussyful of Wasps on Twitter. And a little bit more about me. I'm queer. I'm half Korean. I'm bipolar and ADHD. So those are all the flavors that influence my perspective of life and how I play gay games. And I used to be depressed, but now I launder rich people's money for equity and justice, which Amira knows about. Um, which is to say I am a grant writer and I see that as my little tool to redistribute wealth to radical intersectional social justice work led by marginalized communities. So that's me. Um, all those things are at change funding. If you want to follow me to support me, or you can support me to support me on Patreon. Uh, but none of those things will be, none of the change funding will be in the description on account of all the hedonistic shit we are going to get ourselves into today. <laughs> Um, every, everyone else's stuff will be in the description. Um, Jane, Phoenix, and Amira, you will all be, um, using this time to plug anything else that you do, um, and get everyone all the exclusives that they want to know about. Um, and we'll put all those things in the description. So first up, I wanted to introduce Jane because you were such a horned cat person in the last <laughs> and only Halloween one shot we've ever done that I think it was pretty much mandatory for you to be on this one. So Jane, tell us about yourself. I'm Jane Aries Magnet. You might know me as Henri on Domain and whatever my squid was called when I was in Three Octopuses in a Trench Coat. Uh, I am the wife of Laura Kate Dale who plays various characters in various series of Dice Funk. Um, wow, yeah, I'm back, and this time I am, I am the beast, is my, is my archetype for, for Thirsty Sword Lesbians. I am basically a depressed Octoling from Splatoon, if you want to use a reference there. Um, oh, I can be found at patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. Help me justify 76 hour work week, please. Uh, no, <laughs> just give, just give chain money. I was going to say, where can people find you? Because yes, the point of this is, how can people give you money, Jane? That That's what we please, want here. Please, uh, PayPal, not me, slash Jane Magnet. You can give me money in lots of ways. I've got a coffee as well. Incredible. It's Jane Magnet. You could just- Please help. Every <laughs> please help. Please send help. <laughs> Everyone who's listening, if you could just pause and go to paypal.me slash Jane- <laughs> 
after each one of these, just pause and, and support your creators. Okay, cool. Thank you, Jane. And then this was uh, po this podcast was dangerously close to just being Phoenix and all of their girlfriends uh, because we thought about having Laura on. Uh, so next up, I think it makes sense for Phoenix. Hi, my name is Phoenix Tuthill. I nearly completely derailed Joa's plans because <laughs> I was told, well, you could ask girlfriends, and then I did. All three of them, which <laughs> sometimes polyamory gets things out of hand, I guess. It has its benefits. Hey, that's how D&D groups happen. <laughs> yeah. Also, I like that I I just, my headcanon is now that whenever you enter a room with any of your girlfriends, you immediately all point at each other and say, girlfriend. Yeah. That's literally like the, what happens. the Spider-Man meme. Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what happens in the chat every day. Girlfriend. Yeah. Point at each other, go, girlfriend. And Laura and Jen will be going, wife. And wife. <laughs> wife. Okay, Phoenix, what are you up to? Where can people find you? And most importantly, how can we give you money and support you in your beautiful life? Oh, no. I always hate the <laughs> what are you up to question. I have to admit that I'm, I'm pretty boring. I occasionally make animations of the introduction to Podquisition and put them on YouTube under Curiosity Epidemic. And other than that, I tend to stream along with Jen on Thursdays, which is 7pm UK, and that's 2pm Eastern Time. Uh, as for giving me money, I would like it if you gave Jen money. So all of you who just closed that tab from Jen's PayPal, <laughs> open that back up and we can do that again. <laughs> I should have, yeah, like, everyone, thank you for supporting my partner, Austin Yorsky. Uh, that's a big reason of why I'm here, Austin Yorsky, DM of Dice Funk. Support Austin, patreon.com slash Austin Yorsky. I should have said that. Um, there are a lot of partner supporters in this chat, huh? <laughs> there, there are. And yeah, I should have also said that I'm in Philly. Um, so Jane in Phoenix in the UK, uh, Amira and I in Philly. And that I wanted to say, Phoenix, that... Um, you also send the best ferret content. Any mustelid content. I know. I know I can get it from you. Ferrets are so good. I was so happy to discover I had another ferret friend. Ferret <gasps> friends. Ferret, ferret friends. friend. Ferret friend. I like ferrets. They're good. We were talking about how uh, minds, like uh, our minds work. Um, I was talking with Austin about like the ferret. Is it the video where the ferret's at the bottom of the stairs and someone just throws a bunch of colorful balls? Oh. And they're like oh, twisting their little body around. <laughs> and they're like, ah, like so excited. <laughs> a bull, as the first one goes past, a bull, amazing. Oh, 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 wet, 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 wet. You just All see them get so overwhelmed with so much joy and ecstasy over all the balls. Oh, what a life. Okay, so last but not least, Amira, welcome Hi. to Dice Funk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. Um, so my name is Amira, and I'm a black, disabled, exogender, queer, femme person who's constantly musing over what does queer and femme even mean. Um, I'm a trans person, and I do a lot of organizing work with Reclaim Ugly, which Joa works with me at, and I also 
um, have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Amira Arrow, where I share my art and workshops about community building and uglification and all these beautiful juicy topics. And then I also have a TikTok um, at vampira.amira, where I share some of my digital art and singing and music and piano playing kind of stuff. So um, feel free to follow me and check me out and support me in all the ways. I super appreciate it. And I'm super excited to be here. Also, you get automatic forever street cred spooky cred uh, for being vampira amira not because of halloween month but just because that's your fucking name (laughs) on on every it's on my instagram um my facebook thing it's Uh, really good my thing i'm just like oh fuck that's good thank you because you never take down the halloween decorations ever no one should perfect it's a it's a lifestyle not a not just a holiday so (laughs) it's a lifestyle yes i feel like (laughs) best cast here today everyone who agrees that halloween is a lifestyle and so that's something that we're addressing here thank you everyone for your introductions um but yeah for anyone out there who's ever said to themselves like i haven't celebrated halloween properly in years or i wish i could go all out why is the world so cruel and by the world i mean my severe adhd getting in the way of me accomplishing tasks i feel necessary to have a great halloween anyway this is the party folks and you're invited we brought it to you um there were some thi- uh, some people talking about the last Halloween one shot, which was incredible, but it wasn't Halloweeny enough. So all of your satisfaction, everything you needed to feel content and be like, this was a sufficiently spooky year, it's all here. You're fully satisfied just from this podcast alone. It's so spooky. Um, so without further ado, the curtain rises and welcome y'all to Treats for Tricks, where the points don't matter and you might die. I am your sexy hostess, Edgar Allan Ho. She, her pronouns, coming to you live from Fantasy Philly, <laughs> which, if you put them together, it's still Philly, F I L L Y, Fantasy Philly, where every Halloween or Samhain, only the best get to compete for their lives and also my love and affection. So, uh, what we're going to do here in this game show setting is uh, I'm first going to describe to you. All of the Halloweeny aspects of this beautiful game show. It's so spooky, y'all. Miss Ho's got a big ass raven on her shoulder. We've got jack-o'-lanterns all lining the wraparound stairs, which you'd think would lead up to the top of the stage, uh, or you'd think that where uh, Miss Ho would be descending from, but instead she is slowly descending from a pole in the middle, dressed fully in cheap lingerie, like. If y'all have ever seen those Shine or Romway, you know those websites, those cheap websites that advertise to you on like Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And anyone I have ever them seen on those? the internet equivalent of Speed Dial? So yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're bookmarked. No, I, I have spent many a dollar on there and been totally satisfied because Miss O is just looking incredible. Dark bags under her eyes, extremely Benicio del Toro vibes, um, which I think. We're all into bags under the eyes <laughs> on this call. Uh, platform knee-high boots. She's fucking hot, y'all. Uh, and everything else you would need for it to be Halloween. Candy corn bunting draped around the whole place. Little bats flying around. We got, we got cats. We got bats. We got rats. It's spooky as hell in here. Okay. So I've set the stage. We are all in like a big game show studio. There's multiple stages, which you will know more about. And now 
Without further ado, allow me to introduce you to tonight's contestants. So actually, you all will be introducing yourselves. Uh, we talked this about this a little earlier. Um, tell us about your characters. Jane, you already said a little bit, um, but this could be flavored as like the reel that happens at the beginning of every competition show. I said the voice in American Idol. Uh, they're kind of like sappy or like your voiceover that tells your origin story and like how you got to play in this guitar and what you do in your free time. But what what competition shows are the equivalent in like the UK? I mean, we had America's Got Talent for a while. Yeah. Okay. Like Brit British Got Talent. Um, yeah. Britain's Got Talent. Britain's Got Talent. It's it's m many of the same people. It's just awful. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I have not watched them, so I'm doing a lot of things here that I have no experience with. But in my head, this is a game show, and you all are competing for your lives and for affection. I mean, aren't we all? <laughs> um, yeah, so I will be playing uh, Soliloquy, who is uh, the beast uh, as my playbook. Um, she has, like, uh, tentacle hair. It's sort of white tentacles with, like, red tips. Uh, it hangs sort of over one eye, kind of looking gothy. She's wearing a My Chemical Romance shirt. Uh, some jeans that are very, very tight, but with just belts everywhere. And these huge black, uh, like, stompy boots. That may be slightly too big for her, but that, that that's just a whole look. So we run VT of uh, like s some black and white quick cuts of her standing around near concrete buildings, looking sad, or in like an old overgrown necrop necropolis. If you want to Google Highgate Cemetery for like some reference there, um, she talks about being alone and keeping people at arm's length uh, because often. People just want her for her tentacles, but she just writes bleak poetry uh, and she just wants to hug someone, but it has to be someone who's not going to fetishize her. Um, I love you say only love her for her tentacles. She's more than just tentacles. That's, that's a problem I, I had never imagined having. Yeah, you're, you're more than just your tentacles. Um, I should also mention that before we jump into the next... Uh, contestant introduction, which that was good, very good. Thank you, Jane. Um, that yesterday when we were talking about the vibe for the show, and I had been talking to Austin about it. I was like, yeah, you know, uh, kidnap, don't remember the first, uh, the last 24 hours, like not really sure how you got there. Um, strapped to the <laughs> strapped to the bed, can't get up. There's like blood on the wall that's painted with instructions. And uh, Austin was like, that's a little dark. Uh, maybe we could go for like a game show <laughs> or something vibe. And then I got on this call with you all, uh, all arguing for reasons why kidnapping could be okay. <laughs> and we could all consent to it. <laughs> um, so I think the flavor for this show is, yes, you all have been kidnapped and you don't remember the past 24 hours. <laughs> Um, Amira, you suggested maybe, oh, it could have been like a sleep potion or something. Um, and then Jane, you suggested it could have been a magical contract. As soon as we signed it, uh, we forgot that we signed it. Um, so all of the ways that that non-con works out well for everybody having a fun, sexy time, um, have now been applied to this game show. We have, uh, made it kinky and fun for everyone <laughs> because of your input yesterday. Yay. Amazing. Um, so who's going to go next? Contestant reel. We've got our first contestant, Soliloquy, the Beast. 
Uh, she she pronouns normally, and it pronouns in beast form. Okay, so the next contestant to start walking out, and I use walk in the loosest term possible. <laughs> this is a strut. This is the walk of someone who could walk across the throats of men, and they would not change their pace. And Elissa, they slash them, walks out in a beautiful purple dress, which has quite wide pattern scale mail, covering like the thighs and the waist in almost a corset pattern. They look absolutely gorgeous. And at this point, the highlight reel starts playing of them variously terrorizing, bureaucratic looking men in suits, pushing them around. And you can't tell if this is a dom, an assassination, or both, at which point the voiceover begins. If there is one thing I aspire for in this life, it is for it to be better, and I intend to make it so. And in order for that to happen, all of you need to be better. Now I can demonstrate that. But you'll have to follow my lead. Hip-hop. Pause. Wait for applause. People in the audience faint. Um, <laughs> it's extremely hot mom vibes. <laughs> Fanning ourselves. Not sure what to do. Mm-hmm. And it is at this point that the steed I get as part of having the devoted as my class comes skittering out. Would you like me to describe it or would you like to describe it, Joa? Oh, please describe. I love, you did a drawing, everybody. I think we'll upload all of the character sheets. That's what we usually do. Um, I thought you just like pulled this from somewhere. And so beautiful. Please describe to us. Is it peaks? Mm-hmm. Yes. So for anyone who knows their ferrets or their Google, peaks is a silver ferret, large enough for a person to ride on. They have just the biggest eyes, the cutest little vampire teeth peeping out, and that's then where the name comes from, because the little teeth do peaks. And... Just a tiny little blanket and stirrups on their back. And they come bouncing out, wrap around Elissa's legs, and just stand there looking a little bit hopefully at the audience members that have fainted. Wait, is Peaks going to eat some audience members? <laughs> is that foreshadowing? Oh, not without permission. Oh, okay. Permission from... Uh... What do you think this is? Some sort of savage, untamed animal? Well... Unthinkable. <laughs> we will find out. <laughs> okay, thank you, Alyssa. So that's Alyssa the Devoted with Peaks. Peaks uses she, her pronouns. Giant silver ferret. An absolute dream. Um, is that all, Phoenix? Uh... Oh, I guess we should talk about everyone's sword. His sword is in the name. Ooh. If everyone has a sword, you're not required to have a sword. They're very clear about the rules not being rules in this game. <laughs> Maybe that could be the next bit. Like, we all do, like, the little friendship circle of putting swords out together. 
Oh, I love that. And then we mm. all describe our swords. Okay. Because then with mm-hmm. some cutting, it looks like we didn't forget to do it. That's that's hey. good for the, the fan artists, too. I mm-hmm. want to see that image. Okay. <laughs> so, drumroll, Amira. Yeah, so I'll be playing um, a spooky witch character named Zarai. Um, they use they, them, or fey, fair pronouns. They're a guardian of the beloved ancestors or a spiritual gatekeeper of sorts. Um, and they are playful. They make their own clothing. And um, they also talk with a little bit of a southern drawl because they're from the south just like I am. So I'm going to be playing around with that a little bit. And um, I love it. I'll spell a Zarai, which is Z-A-R-A-I. Um, and they use two different sets of pronouns. So also they, them, and then also fey, fair. Correct. Yes. Um, and then we're not talking about abilities or anything yet, right? Just like personality. You can go into whatever you want to that you feel is like important for the character. And then obviously you can talk about more things as they come up. But I think your, your stuff with the unseen is really important. Definitely. So yeah, so Zarai, um, you know, they're a witch, but a lot of people think what they do is a little too spooky, um, spooky, talking to the ancestors. But um, it's really important work that they do. They really make sure that they're protected, that people aren't just communicating with them and trying to use them for their own benefit um, without actually investing in them and taking care of them. So really developing that kind of relationship there. Um, and the unseen in this, what I talked about with Joa was that they're kind of... Um, have unresolved issues of some sort, right? Maybe they need some healing or maybe they um, there's some last words not said or something. So I kind of help them get the resolution they need to be able to rest and really um, lean into that and enjoy their afterlife. So We, we all need that. I want to join your Unseen Club. <laughs> I would love some healing. Yeah. Um, also, everybody loves a, a goth and befriend until they start communing with their ancestors. So yeah, the spooky witch is... Uh, known for everyone's judged for some reason like everyone's got like you choose your character in thirsty sword lesbians kind of based on what chip you have on your shoulder is what it felt like to me Mm. um so the spooky witch is like everyone thinks you're weird or they don't trust you because you're hanging out with monsters which could be like so many different metaphors um and then the beast you're all there being bestial (laughs) intimidating people with how fiery and passionate you are and uh i guess not conforming is your is one of your issues right yeah pretty much not conforming to what civilization expects from me um and then the devoted i mean it's in the name i think it's like is part of your problem just being so like intensely devoted to one thing that other things fall aside or is it like part of the description says like you're a selfless protector so I think it's a mixture of hyperfixating on one thing to the detriment of others, and then also, um, it's a self-care too. A bit of an issue of putting self-care so far back that you start to undermine yourself. I'm trying to not say it's a Neelith kind of problem. <laughs> I think you could say that. If you were going to say that anywhere, I think this would be the podcast to say this is the Neelith kind of problem. <laughs> uh, Amira Neelith is a character in the current season of Dice Funk um, 
who's really getting into a lot of trouble by offering to vouch and help so many people. <laughs> Oof, that's too relatable. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I'm just like, oh no. Um, anyway, so beautiful. The crowd is going wild. That scene where, um, you all know that scene in uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, where uh, everyone's cheering and then there's that one guy who's foaming at the mouth and just going, ah, 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 and then, like falls over <laughs> in front of the camera. Yes. <laughs> that, that's what's happening. It's just a repeat of that all over. Like we're all drooling and moaning and we're so excited. Um, but also... I saw, uh, I think, a meme the other day that was like, what is that word for not when you're horny? You know, you're, not, you're, you're horny, but you're not, you don't want to have sex. Um, and the response was like, do you mean excited? <laughs> so that's what's happening here. Some people are horny. Some people are excited. You don't have to be horny to, to be thirsty. <laughs> I don't know. Can I say? Can I say that? Um, okay, so we are going to move on to our first opening act. Um, it was really funny to me uh, yesterday, Phoenix, when you were like, oh, I had to call Laura to take care of my horrible children <laughs> because the first act is about Edgar Allan Poe's horrible children. <laughs> and so it's called Meet the Children, and the camera pans over to an arena where you see Miss Hose. Uh, I mean, Miss Ho loves her children uh so i'm going to drop these photos in the chat and you all can describe as i drop them uh so first we've got snake spear <laughs> oh my god and we've got a hemingway cat Ernest hemingway that's e-a-r-n-e-s-t so sincere look at those eyes uh, I think everyone knows that 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 still from Shrek. God, it's been twenty years. <laughs> just looking. Wow, yeah. It's been twenty years, and then finally we have Trixie Patel. Stop! <laughs> Stop! <laughs> um, so, can anyone chime in and describe what you're seeing? Describe oh. Edgar Allan Poe's children that you will have to interface with in this first challenge. Meet the children. So Snakespear is a huge python, I'm guessing, or some kind of constrictor, wearing just a beautiful ruff. It, it really brings out their eyes and their jaws and those giant teeth. Specifically Googled Elizabethan collar <laughs> and then uh, just tried to erase the space. I'm not great with Photoshop, y'all. I went into Canva. That is perfect. Shout out to Canva. It's incredible. <laughs> it's really I'm so glad incredible. you enjoy it. So yeah, I would say huge constrictor snake. So that's snake spear. Um, I was going to do Trixie Bettel, if that's okay. Please. <laughs> that one kills me. Um, So then we got what looks like the body of a bat mid-flight. Um, however, their head's been replaced with the popular drag queen Trixie Mattel's face. And so you have Trixie Mattel um, as she flies out of the cave in her full so drag regalia, big blonde bouffant haired wig, um, giant eyes and lashes and also a bat. So 
Thank you for appreciating this, Amira. I like to think uh, Trixie Patel's uh, main move is like supersonic, like the Zolbat or Golbat or whatever, uh, or Zubat or something for Pokemon. Um, but instead of making a the the sonic wave, they just say "ah," <laughs> which is which is their YouTube show. Okay, so that's two out of three, and then last, Phoenix, can you describe for us? The Hemingway cat. Well, it's Puss in Boots doing the big eyes that I've been looking at since you put the picture there, and I want—I just want to give them anything they ask for. I know that it will <laughs> bite is, me yeah. later, but <laughs> the heart wants what the heart wants, and oh, yeah, I was going to say this is really calling to your uh, mommy vibe. <laughs> So yeah, while all the other photos are edited in some way, uh, Ernest Hemingway is just Puss in Boots. <laughs> There's no edits. Oh, thank you for typing them into the chat. That's helpful. Okay, so you are all suddenly in an arena where you need to meet the children. What do you do? I feel like Alyssa's immediate reaction as they walk in is just to say, Oh my, aren't you all rather gorgeous. Especially you, Sweetums, and just fixes Ernest with the most, like, approving and adoring stare. So would that be a heart roll? Um, but I guess we can go over just a few, because like, since most people listening to this, this is probably your first time listening to Thirsty Sword Lesbians, and maybe you don't know all of the stats or the roles, so we'll kind of do a quick overview of that. So the stats are daring, so it's your skill at arms or your forcefulness. Grace, which is your elegance and agility. Heart, emotional awareness and persuasiveness. So that's what Jane was saying, um, that Alyssa seems to be trying to elicit. Alyssa is eliciting the heart stat right now. Um, wit is cleverness and knowledge. So that might be like intelligence and wisdom in D&D. Um, and spirit is integrity and metaphysical prowess. So that's your five stats. And then your moves, there's like 10 different moves. Um, you can fight, but it seems like a lot of the game is gearing you to do other things that aren't fighting, um, that are perhaps sexier or funnier or whatever <laughs> to fight than fighting. Um, defy disaster is really when you're just trying to do anything extraordinary. <laughs> um, stagger is something that I can say you do, like if you're going to suffer um, a big physical or emotional blow. Um, so were you saying, Jane, that this would be like a, one of the heartstring moves? Is that what you're saying? It could be a heartstring. Um, so yeah, uh, Phoenix, like if we want to look at what your so there's all these basic moves that everyone can do. Um, it's a lot simpler than D&D, but I mean, it's still the first time. And then I have a very slow brain, so I am still learning. Um, and we're just kind of figuring this out together. So some of the heartstring moves are entice. You can appeal to someone's physical or emotional sensibilities. Um you can figure out a person, so you're just trying to understand that person. Uh, influence with a string, we'll talk about strings, I think, a little more later. It's basically like you have advantage with somebody. 
might be a way to describe it. You have an emotional connection to a person, and you can use that for good or evil. That sounds so much better than me saying, like, you can manipulate them. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you you have an emotional connection with them. Um, You can become smitten with people. So um, that's just a that emotional connection has um, different characteristics to it. So you have to answer a question that can come from your truths of heart and blade in your your character sheet. Your playbook is what they're called, not character sheets. Uh, of course, you can kiss, and that move is called finally kiss in a dangerous situation, <laughs> which I like that that's the entire. Um, anyway, I won't go through all of the moves, but one of the other major ones. So you have these fights or mostly heartstring moves, and then you have a recovery move. So whenever um, someone needs emotional support, uh, maybe that would be, I'm forgetting the moves in D&D now. But it might be like cure wounds or something in D&D. But here, uh, you would be doing emotional support. You can still cure someone's wounds, I guess, if you inflict wounds. Um, are these moves in the World 20? Because we have this awesome World 20 guide. Yeah, there's a basic moves reference. I can show to players, if that's helpful. Uh, so would you like me to roll heart to use the heartstring move Entice? appeal to someone's physical or emotional sensibilities. I feel like that's what you're doing. I think we're on to something. Uh, yeah. I rolled an 8, which is a mixed beat. So whereas a 10 plus would be an upbeat, a mixed beat is some success and some not. I can gain a string on them unless they decide to instead choose one of these three options to get flustered and awkward promise me something they think I want or give in to desire okay yeah so I think for Ernest Hemingway um, that you are going to gain a string on him Um, so I would say all of these I mean you know children the best out of any of us probably (laughs) Phoenix So children all want something or have something going on with them. Um, So each of these have something, and I think you gain a string. So so you should make a note of your string in in your playbook, Phoenix, on Ernest. Mm -hmm. So strings represent emotional influence over another person. See, I feel like that's worded weird. Like you're going to emotional influence over another person. Blame the writer. Um, Yeah. But as Jane said, you can have that influence for nice things. Like maybe you need to pull a string with them to convince them to not do something that would be harmful for themselves or others. Um, Or you need to convince them to do something that would be helpful. Um, You can use strings to increase your role um, or to ask questions, um, which I think it's just always assumed that the people will be answering truthfully to those. It doesn't say, uh, but I assume it's truthful. So yeah, this could be affection for a friend or a lover, or it could be blackmail material. So think of heartstrings. When you gain a string on someone, make a note of it in your playbook. Um, There's a little section for them. And we don't have any tokens, but if we did, we could have little strings, literally. 
um, and each character can use different strings. But there is a move called influence with a string, and that is where you can spend the string to influence others for good or ill. Um, and then several of the basic moves and playbook moves, so playbook moves me being the ones that each character has individually, sometimes you can advance with experience and use another playbook's move. So like if Spooky Witch Zarai wanted to use the Beast's soliloquy, some of their moves, um, or some of her moves, um, they could do that by advancing uh, later down the road. But influencing with the string, so you can you can tempt them in some way, and you can help or hinder their roles. So if you gain, when uh, you can also hold on to strings, we probably won't do that because it's just a one shot. But uh, the characters, the NPCs are less likely to hold on to strings. They're just supposed to use them as soon as they get them. Uh, so let me see an example. Um, when you offer someone um, emotional support in a way that would be meaningful to them, you would usually roll heart or spirit. But if you want to spend a string, you get to add plus three to that as a modifier and make it more likely to happen. Um, all of the different NPCs are basically... They don't really have XP, but you can stack on conditions. So conditions are things that will get in the way of you being the best person you can be. <laughs> um, and we'll, I think, talk about more, more about those in a bit. But so for, in, for enticing, I think uh, instead of choosing a, a string this time just to, to keep this going that um, maybe they just get flustered and, and awkward. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. um, so I did say that they're, uh, they, they whip, because I want this to, to, to fit also. I said they like whipped out their sword, which was a quill. And I think they're just uh, awkward about it. And they just don't know really what to do. They're extremely sincere. Um, he's, doing his best and it's just like i don't know who you are or what you want <laughs> well that makes all of us i guess <laughs> touche uh so now i have successfully flustered the kitten is does anyone else want to do something or should i keep bothering the cat so i would like to try um emotional support on Trixie Battelle, um, and that's going to be, I'm going to use my spirit roll for that. No, that's good, because you're trying to take a string on them, right? Yeah, that could work. That that sounds good. But more so, like, just kind of, I imagine Zarai's just curious, how did that even happen? Like, is this a homunculus situation? Like, what kind of witchcraft went into this? Like, are they okay? Just, yeah. So I don't know if that's all relevant or whatever, but... Uh. Seems to be. So... Tell me what your emotional support looks like for Trixie, who is uh, flying around, <laughs> looks like uh, she wants to bite you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I rolled a nine. And so oh, damn. I imagine Zarai just kind of walks up and is like, all right, calm down now. I just want to ask a couple questions and see if I can help you out real quick. So let's just sit down and chat real quick. Um. So, Trixie's going to respond with a K, <laughs> which uh, what I had 
planned was that anytime she responds with a K, you take emotional damage. But I feel like you're being <laughs> really uh, nice. So, and, and you mean well, and you got a nine. So they get to choose one, which is they can either clear a condition or mark XP plus one forward, which means that on a roll that the NPC would take would get plus one, but NPCs don't don't make rolls, um, or could gain insight from me, the GM, about an obstacle facing one of you. So I think only the first, the first one makes sense. So they're going to clear a condition. Um, and what was it that you said? Uh, that I wanted to check on them and see if they're okay or if they consented to this body type of situation, like... Oh, this body type of situation. So I'm going to say that the condition that you cleared was that Trixie was angry. Um, angry that she has to be in this stupid game show. Angry that her mom is looking at any other partners. Um, Trixie is very much like there's enough cats in this house. We don't need another cat except it's bats, not cats. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, feels feels good that someone actually asked about that question and that you opened up uh i want to try and approach snake's beer i'm gonna try and figure out a person okay <laughs> hey um so i i mean i guess we have something in common or whatever because like you're a snake and like i mean i guess what is a tentacle but just like kind of a snake with more snakes right well that's deep <laughs> that's me that's me as joa not a snake smear Ooh, that's a downbeat i did badly oh no so a downbeat is actually there's some wins to it because you can mark xp so go ahead and do that um you can still get what you want so you could still for instance like ask a question but you might not get what you want out of it um so i think what's going to happen with that downbeat is that snake spear um upon hearing you is going to jump and slither over to you their huge snake body and wrap around you and start squeezing you and say what are your intentions with my mother you can tell that uh, they are just an anxious little baby, but uh, also you're having a hard time breathing. I mean, also, like, I I see we're hugging here. I, I also <laughs> like to hug. Um, <laughs> maybe if that's okay with everyone, that's just a thing we could do. How will I know if it's okay? How do I know that you're okay for her? Would you poison yourself and let her think you were dead so that she stabbed herself and died? I mean, I've got ink. I don't really do. <clears throat> I don't really do poison. <laughs> you need my uncle for that. Oh. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. <clears throat> Does anyone want to jump in and help Soliloquy, who is... <laughs> Who is dying by soliloquy? Um, let me see if I can find something. I think Snake Sphere is going to uh, squeeze a little tighter and continue going down all of the different ways that women in Shakespeare stories die. Uh, would you let her drown by accident and die? Would you let her be a 
assassinated by her friends <laughs> and die? I'll be honest, I barely know her, and that's kind of heavy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hearing that these are very heavy questions from this anxious baby. I'm trying to figure out what I can do. Because <laughs> I don't want to, like, attack them, but I also want to intervene. <laughs> Right? That's the difficult... They're, they're all just children. What would you do here? So I'll go ahead and give a hint that the condition that Snakespeare is feeling is frightened. They are fearing... They have a lot of anxieties about their mother dating anybody. There's all these bad things that could happen uh, that happen in stories, that happen in real life. Um, you know, maybe if you freed my arms, I could hug you back, kind of. So Snakespeare will loosen up a little bit say hmm. okay uh, so i could get like a thousand hugs <laughs> <laughs> how many tentacles do you have soliloquy probably not a thousand that's a lot uh just the eight okay um so yeah she'll 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 like wrap her arms and some of her hair tentacles around oh do you want me to roll for that I guess do I, thirsty sword lesbians would be the <laughs> tabletop role playing game where you have to roll for hugs. Okay, Scream. I'll make a heartstring. Um, <laughs> make sure. Oh no! Another downbeat. <laughs> it was a bad hug. I am bad at hugs. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so I think your tentacle juices uh, get all over Snakespear's uh, Elizabethan col- collar. Which they had just cleaned, freshly laundered. How could you? And then slithers away and baps you on the way. <laughs> I guess I make my own hair gel. Um, <laughs> okay, so I would say right now we're feeling like Trixie Patel uh, is on your side, um, realizes that some of their anger uh, was due to things that they were feeling because of the emotional support that Sarai gave them, Um, realizes some of it might be clinical depression. (laughs) And so we still have Ernest Hemingway, who's who's poised and looking awkwardly around, like shifty-eyed with the with the quill, like over to you, and then over to soliloquy, and then over to Alyssa is like, because also doesn't know what your intentions are. Um, could be enticed if you tried to figure them out. Okay. Yeah. I would say Puss in Boots is the, the youngest one. Uh, Snakespear has had a whole um, teenager or adolescent experience um, to develop all of these anxieties <laughs> and soak up all of these stories of everything that could happen. Uh, Trixie Patel, um, older, angry, has already been subdued. (laughs) And then Ernest Hemingway, tiny little baby, um, if you get too close, could do some big baps with those Hemingway paws, those six-toed paws. Um, but everyone's looking for a little something here. Uh, I think what I'd like to do is step in with a defy disaster because i feel like two down bits on don't because i feel like two downbeats on snake spear at this point maybe maybe we should 
get on top of that first? Disaster. Disaster. Yeah. And as a part of being a devoted as my character class, I have Gallant Rescue. When you defy disaster that's about to befall someone else, oh, wow. you can gain a string on them or ask yeah, a question. Yeah, only someone else. On a six minus, which... Okay, so I think the disaster that we have here is that Snakesmere, huge snake, now has little bitty drip drop stains of uh, soliloquies, uh, homemade mucus. hair gel, or mucus. Yeah, we can just call it what it is. It's the mucus. Um so is has now uh, reeled back and is ready to just about slam everybody on the stage with their huge tail. Yeah, so I think Elissa just sort of confidently strides forwards towards Snakespear. Oh, now, now, now. There's no need for all of this. May I have a look at that? Get you cleared before we uh, continue with this? You poor thing, you shouldn't be messed up like that. I'm sure that they didn't mean to. Now, wouldn't you love to make a new friend? Oh my goodness, <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> the tone. Ah, uh, okay. So yeah, eyes change a little bit. Look at you, and I was like, oh, oh, what's going on here? Um, maybe a little sheepish. Go ahead and roll for defy disaster, Alyssa. Uh, would it be? Oh, so we have to choose which one you're going to do. So when you defy disaster, you get to choose if you're going to do daring. So you're using your might, endurance, or courage. Your grace, which is your swiftness or elegance. Your heart, which is your charm or social insight. Your wit, which is your cleverness or knowledge. Or your spirit, which is your willpower or metaphysical skill. Um, Would it be willpower to sort of... I just want them to be friends. I feel like I feel like they could be friends. Yeah, I think for you, like willpower and also the charm and social insight, because it seems like you're really coming on the um, the mommy vibe. <laughs> you got, you like know what's going on, but I would say, oh, but spirit, you've got a you've got a plus. Do you? Yeah, you've got a plus one on. Spirit. Yeah, I've got spirit. a positive to both of them. Uh, which one would All you? All right, let, let's do spirit. I think this is. Your your willpower needs to overcome their willpower. Uh, seven, a mixed beat. I can have a hard choice or success with a sacrifice. Which, if I can offer up a sacrifice... <laughs> you would! <laughs> I, I described a very nice outfit as I stepped out, and now I have a sticky, gooey baby who needs, needs oh. a little clean-up. So. Okay, so that could be your sacrifice. Um, so I was thinking that, yes, you are successful with Snake Spear, Snake Smell Fears, safe with you. Um, maybe, do you have a, one of those little Tide pens that you can bring out and just start, like, erasing the little stains on their collar? Oh, I would love that. <laughs> so they feel very safe with you. I think the sacrifice, perhaps in addition to, um, sullying your, your beautiful purple dress a bit, is that they trust you, but they don't trust Soliloquy. Oh, no. <laughs> Does everyone feel comfortable with that? Is that a fun twist? That's fine. I'm just used to that at this point. <laughs> oh no. Um so for the gallant rescue part of that, I, I don't know if I rescued Soliloquy very good. Oh I see. I was thinking of it more as rescuing the baby, but 
it also makes sense to rescue Soliloquy. Um, so sacrifice of I think we can modify that if that's if that was your original intention, then we should go with your intention. Um, so success with saving, but yes, everyone is just <laughs> a mess now, I guess is what you're saying. <laughs> your your tide pen is really overworked here and running out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Snakespear is feeling a little less anxious. Um, what does that look like? Um, I'd like to imagine that there is now like this huge seven foot tall woman just trying to clean up this fussy baby (laughs) that has just constricted all the way around them and... I think they're doing the head baps, the like the uh, the head butting that a cat does. Mm-hmm. They're just like really, and I th- and they're doing them to both of you. So both Soliloquy and Alyssa, it's just like a little cuddle pile over here. <laughs> We're doing a good job. And Cute. my gallant rescue question for Soliloquy, I get two options. How do you feel about my devotion, or what secret pain lies in your heart? Which oh fuck. <laughs> I, f- I feel like we may have noticed by this point that I think Soliloquy needs a cuddle, so I'd probably ask about that. Tell us your secret pain, secret pain, secret pain. Look, when you have a lot of tentacles, people just see that as their whole thing and they want to, you know, they want to live out some fantasies. Maybe they saw something on the internet or something. And that's not really who I am. I'm I'm not that for them. But really, I do just, you know, I, I just want to hold someone that I care about. Oh, well, family. I, th- I feel like y'all are stealing Edgar Allan Ho's <laughs> family right now. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but I want to say that upon you talking about um, some not so obscure uh, sexual fantasies having to do with tentacles soliloquy. Ernest Hemingway whips up their sword. Uh, the little puss in boots face says, oh, this is a little baby over here. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I, have no, I have no idea what's going on. What's in it for me? You guys are weird. Why did your mom even put you here? This feels kind of weird if, you know, you're kind of young. I mean, are you okay? Do you... Need a cookie. Child Protective Services coming in. Uh, doesn't want the cookie. Baps it out of your hand with their six-toed, or your your tentacle with their six-toed paw. Um, seems to want something, but the cookie did not do the trick. All right. I, I'm ready. I got it now. I'm ready to do emotional support and try it out on Ernest Hemingway and see if I can help. I got a nine. So... Um, I imagine I walk well, that's over. That's damn good. I walk over with my hands outstretched. I'm like, "All right, calm down now. We're here to help. We're not going to hurt you." Um, so I'll say, Ernest, like, I'm not worried about you hurting me. I just feel a little hopeless. So that was their condition. Um, if someone could figure them out, they really could be convinced. Um, if someone would give them something. Um, but they're feeling they're feeling a little hopeless. That's actually my and condition feeling... too. So that I feel like we Aww. can resonate there. So figure them out. Uh, let me see. You're hopeless. I'm hopeless. 
<laughs> so yeah so what do i do to figure them out there's actually a move called figure it out figure out a person which i think is a really funny name for a move but it works wait there are people who have hope <laughs> don't know oh, her. No. <laughs> is everyone is everyone hopeless here uh, roll a wit okay let me roll it <laughs> is your wit not not good it's a one, which I mean, is only one different from my spirit, so worth a yeah, shot. <laughs> I was gonna say all the stats are pretty. Okay, it's a mixed beat. Or no, that or so. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so you get to ask two questions, and they get to ask one of you. How would you feel if I? Oh no, sorry. Uh. <laughs> if you what? So what do you want? <laughs> How are you feeling about what's going on right now? Do you need anything? Well, now I'm feeling a little uninvited because uh, soliloquy was like, what the heck are you doing here? Why did your mom let you come here? But it was really important for me to be here. But there's no fucking candy. I was promised candy. Okay. Okay. I can. I, we can figure that out. How can I get you some candy real quick? Where, where can we find some for you? candy. <laughs> Um, so I was trying to think of like what would Ernest Hemingway's favorite candy be, mm. and I decided it was alcohol. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> but I'm also saying this is a child, so. But what I did, I was like, "What's?" Then I was like, "Well, what's Hemingway's favorite alcohol?" And it sounds like a candy. Uh, so I, I googled this, and it was like Hemingway is most often associated with the giant sour frozen daiquiri known as the Papa Doble, which he drank at La Floridita in Havana. He once consumed sixteen in an evening. Oh my gosh! So Ernest Hemingway loves loves his daiquiris, um, and once once <laughs> once a daiquiri can be can be uh, consoled with a daiquiri. Okay. I guess we could have, what is it, the virgin? We can have a virgin daiquiri. Yeah. It doesn't have to have alcohol in it. So what can I do to get them a daiquiri? Because that's, let me see. Oh. I mean, everything's magic here. Oh, that's fair. I think. Plus I'm a witch, so I guess, <laughs> you, can I just do like a. You're a witch. <laughs> can I do a spirit roll and see if I can just conjure one out of thin air or something? Hell yeah. Okay. Maybe your uh, unseen can be like, oh, I got a daiquiri back here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Steal steal one from the audience. Like, right. whatever. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, let me let me uh, do a spirit roll to try to conjure up a, a daiquiri for Ernest real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I was really just thinking anytime anyone asks for something, you could just give it to them. So I love... There we go. So I got an Beautiful. eight. So maybe yeah. not the world's best daiquiri, but at least I can fulfill it's that It's a promise. little melted, but... <laughs> it's a little melted, but they're really happy. Uh, maybe it's like tuna flavored or something. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, so they got their, their big old paws wrapped around and they're sipping contently and you all have finished meet the children component of treats for tricks i keep wanting to say tricks for treats which is not (laughs) treats for tricks um so yeah the goals of this act were to get people to open up to you or to become smitten with you um we probably could have gone smitten with the i feel like that's what's happening with snake spear and your little family Mm -hmm. over there Alyssa and soliloquy calling Um, them children kind of put me off going for the smitten aspect there (laughs) yeah well i guess it's like it's i i am using everything really loosely like um i suppose they could be adult children well, it could also be, I guess I was thinking of Smitten as like, they really admire you or 
you know, they could be convinced about like things you say because it could be you can be smitten with a friend, right? That's yeah. I was just looking it up, and I, it's let's let's decide if you can be smitten with a friend <laughs> or in that. like a platonic way. Before I use that the wrong way. Yeah, it feels like there's kind of a lot of ambiguity around the word, um, but synonyms include like infatuated but also charmed or captivated beguiled bewitched so we could have it be where it's more just like they're captivated with this person there's also like when you become spitten there's like different mechanics involved so i think we'll just say since i didn't say they were smitten before we won't make anything weird where the children are in love with you (laughs) we don't need to get that fucking weird. <laughs> uh, would now be a good time to show off the pause and check in mechanic of the game. Pause. Okay, so pausing and check in. Um, we were just talking about like how that went. If you felt like you were able to express yourself, um, I think we want to make sure that we're not smitten with young children. <laughs> is what we've decided <laughs> because that's weird. Um, but if we decide that spitting means something else later, that's okay. I mean, I'm slightly, you know, much as usual. Everything's terrifying and awful. But I guess uh, I really appreciate that Alyssa stopped me getting murdered by someone even possibly even angstier than I am. Aww. <laughs> I like that you sound like a lot of my high school friends. <laughs> uh, complete with the, the MCR shirt, too. Okay. So I think before we move to our next panel that Edgar Allan Ho herself is going to come on over. All of her babies will scurry over to her. Um, Puss in, or sorry, Ernest Hemingway still sipping the frozen daiquiri. Uh, everyone is very happy. Snake Spears, Elizabethan collar is just sparkling even more than it was before. Um, and Trixie Patel has not bit or supersonic anybody. So you all did a really good job and she is very impressed. Um, she is especially impressed. Um, she's trying really hard not to look at your tentacles soliloquy so that you don't think... Um, she's fetishizing them. Oh, here um, it comes. <laughs> oh, no. Um, looks looks away immediately. Um, very impressed with uh, MVP Alyssa being a mommy character to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and feeling like Zarai is the, the right person to provide emotional support in any situation. Wow. So very good, very good. Um, I think you will all gain a string on her. And as we are moving over to the second trial of this game show, after our commercial break, uh, which already happened, you are maybe noticing, but it's not doesn't really seem like a big deal that all around the arena, um, some bricks are like magically laying around and building a little wall. But it's just like it just like comes up to someone's ankles if they were over there. So it's not a big deal. It's just like it's like construction going on in the background. You don't really care. Okay, second trial is performance based date with the night. 
So the next scene, the camera pans over to the next stage. There are three different types of date nights prepped up. Um, the three date nights that we have chosen, you can say thank you to Austin with coming up with some of these. We've got karaoke, we've got cooking, and we've got dancing. So everyone is going to in some way express themselves through these three different trials. You get to decide what you're going to do uh, to impress Miss Edgar Allan Hill. So for karaoke, we will be, we begin with your sub-host, uh, which I realize sounds a little weird. <laughs> it's like sub-host. <laughs> uh, I chose Ariana Piquino because I looked up what is the opposite of grande. Um, <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but Ariana Pequeno, unlike Ariana Grande, is extremely large. <laughs> so just large ogre type person um says, You want it, you got it. Um so karaoke, who's gonna go up first? Yeah. I think Soliloquy will be up for that as well. But no go go go. No, go, go, go Mary. Oh, okay. I I'm okay either way. It's up to you. <laughs> I like to no. I like that being part of the narrative where like Soliloquy is like very ready to go, very confident. Like flips back her tentacle hairs and it kind of splatters on some of the audience. But then Amira yeah. is like running up. <laughs> oh gosh! Sorry. <laughs> and then uh, Solo, yeah, you're just like I figured this would happen or something. Oh, oh no. I mean, maybe we could go together. Do you know? Ooh. Do you know? Do you know any anything like that's a two-parter, or maybe we could harmonize? That's true. We could do a little duet situation. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Do you know anything by My Chemical Romance? They're my favorite I band. I love My Chemical Romance. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's like you you look looking up uh, the Spooky Witch up and down. Like, do I know anything by My Chemical Romance? <laughs> I mean, you seem more like a Sisters of Mercy kind of person, you know. I don't want to judge. <laughs> I don't even know who they are, but I know some like <laughs> chemical romance. Hi, Mom. Um, yeah, uh, Mira, you looked. You said you took one look at the player book and you looked at the spooky witch. And you're like, that's basically me. I literally it was literally... wearing this the other day or something. I remember you saying, yeah, so. pretty much. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so what? Um, what My Chemical Romance song would be good for karaoke? I mean, all, all of them, but. <laughs> oh, man, I feel like either, well, everybody knows Black Parade. I feel like that's the one. That's the one they probably actually have in the playbook. We'd go. look for other stuff, but it wouldn't be in there. You'd be like, oh, I want a blood or Baba or... <laughs> Right. Otherwise, I feel like I'm not okay, or maybe na 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 na. That might be the other one that's in there, but those are probably the top three I can think of. Na 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 is great, sort of drunk girls on a night out. That should be in the playbook. Why isn't that in the playbook? Mm. <laughs> okay, na, so we na, spend na, na. a good, we could spend a good bit of the time um, talking about or complaining <laughs> about the playbook, and right before Ariana Pequeno is going to say. Thank you. Next, uh, you start your performance. Can you explain? Can you explain to the audience what your performance looks like? I love that it's a duet. So I guess we're sort of squidged in on the stage around a single microphone. 
Mm-hmm. We we got magic. Whatever you want it to look like. Um, <laughs> I want to ask Zarai: Are your unseen involved, or are they more serious? Oh yeah, no. They uh they like to participate. They, they can like be to background dance and chorus. For, yeah, yeah. I mean, like for the, any of my chemical romance, that would be really good. Yeah, they can. Yeah. Spooky background. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do they play <laughs> instruments? Is that? <laughs> We oh really- yeah, absolutely. there's a, there's a I f- well, there's a lot of jazz players, but definitely a piano player. Um, I there's probably a bass player in there, yeah. So some sort of bass player coming out. <laughs> okay, so Austin, if you could please cut this audio and play some Black Parade, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't Incredible. think anyone here is going to sing. There was, I think, Jade, you were singing like, no, 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 no. So maybe we should have done that one. When <laughs> I was to- an octopus, <laughs> my mother took me into the city just before she died. I said, Mom, when I grow up, will I be anything or just a failure for the broken, oh the beaten, and the dead? <laughs> you get, woo, woo! People in the audience are standing up and, like, just going crazy. Love that. Incredible. Okay. Awesome. So that was karaoke round one. Uh, We did two in one. So, Alyssa. See, I misunderstood the question. I thought it was karaoke or cooking. And I was just trying to think, what can I make these poor, depressed children? Because... I think everybody needs a cooker. I say we move on to cooking because I don't know if you can top that karaoke. What were you saying, Jane? <laughs> well, apparently somebody doesn't want cookies. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, and is draining their daiquiri as we speak. So, yeah, I think we should go to cooking. Um, so you have your dom host, Gore Dom Ramsey. Uh, um, oh and whatever you cook, uh, Alyssa will have to be done with your sword. So please, use this moment to describe your sword. Sorry, I immediately tried to work out if it was possible to make cookies with a sword, and I think yes, but it would be the <laughs> hardest thing. Uh-huh. Wait, as a mummy dom, are you now cooking, Mama? Don't worry, Mama, we'll fix it. <laughs> Jen? Hello? I love you. I love you too. so Alyssa's sword is a silver to the point of almost looking white long sword with a swept hilt and on one side instead of just being standard blade either side is have you ever seen a sword breaker knife oh Yes. Um, yeah, like the little sticky uppy bits at the top of a castle. It has gold sword breakers all down one side and like a purple glow coming from where the cutouts are. Oh my god. A crenellated sword. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> this is awesome. We need to, uh, yeah, I think we're going to have to draw pictures of all of our swords. These are, these are great. Okay, so perfect for cooking. If you ask me. <laughs> um, so I like that you are flavoring this as you're going to be cooking for the children. I think uh, Miss Ho is very impressed um, because usually everyone wants to impress her. But the fact that you want to uh, focus on the children um, is really giving her good vibes. It's bold as hell. We love it. Mm-hmm. So what does you cooking look like? 
Um, I'm I'm still holding snake spear at this point because okay, I, I feel like I'm going well, to roll with the inconvenience of picking up this sad baby <laughs> until they feel better. Are they just kind of? It's like uh, how a kid, if they like you, will just like wrap around your leg and go with you everywhere. This yes. <laughs> so as you walk, your uh, your purple dress flowing. <laughs> And you're going to the big commercial kitchen in our Top Chef-like stage. You've just got a giant snake on you. Mm -hmm. Just absolutely limited to me. And I think that's why I'm going to end up having to use the sword to cook with, because, like, if the snake's ten foot long, it's a foot wide. I've had some of my reach taken away. I'm going to need to get it back. I realize also, um, should we have rolled for the karaoke? I was just kind of like, you did great because soliloquy you sang. And I was like, fuck yeah, you don't have to do anything. You succeed. Um, That's a DM decision. I'm happy with that decision. <laughs> yeah. So everyone just accept that. Um, Love it. For everything else, I will now remember that we should roll unless you decide to actually cook us something um, because in karaoke they actually sang. Uh, or you could also sing. Any of those things will get you out of a role in this episode of Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Cook us something or sing for us. It's like Thirsty Sword Lesbian Truth or Dare. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Faye, send them the peanut butter cookies. Oh, yeah, you know it's got a quick allergy check, and if the children are okay with it, it's definitely <laughs> vegan peanut butter cookies. Oh, even thinking about allergy checks. You're so good. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, my favorite cookies are actually a recipe that Jane wrote down on, on her blog. And it's like one of the first things we talked about was, was the cookies. And when we went for our first date together, she even brought me some. So cookies are like some of my favorite food. Oh, my gosh. Okay, now with this story, um, I think Ernest's eyes get even bigger than the saucers that they already are um, and suddenly has this newfound endearment and love towards cookies because it will remind them of this story and your love because that was so precious. <laughs> um, okay, so I think you need to, what would we roll for some cookies? Is this defying disaster? Is like the kind of catch-all? I feel like I'd be trying to roll grace to make cookies with a sword while holding a giant snake. That's true. <laughs> there we go. Yep. Uh, so yeah, going to stroll into the kitchen with as much grace as someone can muster under those situations. Uh-huh. Try and find like a cup with a straw, f fill it up with some sort of soft drink, hand that to Trixie Battelle because remember to hydrate your goth girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and then get to work Perfect. on the cookies. <laughs> I think the audience members are going to lean over to each other and say, wow, that's so much grace, such elegance. <laughs> and that is a mixed beat. Uh, it's really hard to get a 10. It's really hard to get a 10. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll remind the audience, if, if we didn't say this before, uh, all the rolls are just two six-sided dice. So that's where this like one or two to 12 is coming from. So I, I am looking at it. I'm like, oh, that's a good roll. But then it's still a mixed beat. Um, anyway, so I still want you to be able to do this with style, which says that's what you should do for the 10 plus. Um, I still think you should do this with style. 
Um, oh, no. <laughs> Between soliloquies goo and trying to handle flour with a sword at a distance, I'm tiring and feathering myself at this point, aren't I? Okay. Oh, no. So, the... I get to... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I've just got this picture of just all the goo, like, with all the flour wafting around the in the flour. air. I've now just got a crust forming. Oh, no. I assume you'd washed your hands before you started. <laughs> I washed my hands. I didn't wash my dress or my new accessory. Yeah, this is like a triathlon. You just got to go one to the next. So I get to offer you a hard choice or a success with a sacrifice. Um, so the hard choice, I'll say, uh, you you made the cookies, but there's not enough for everyone. Um, so we'll say you have made... <laughs> uh, let me count here. You've got all of your hosts here. You've got Edgar Allan Poe. You've got the three babies. And then you've got the two other contestants who are you are competing against. Um, and you have three cookies. I don't know how you made a recipe that ended up with only three cookies, but you have three cookies. Who will you give your cookies to? Oh, no, this is a really hard choice. Okay, the other choice is that you could have enough cookies for everyone, but they would all be burnt. <laughs> How does that sound? It's okay. I don't need a cookie, you know. Good. Th I don't deserve good things, you know. <laughs> I gotta watch my sugar, honey. It's okay. I don't need no cookie. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the competitors don't want your cookies. Do they not believe they're good? No. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a diss? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give a cookie to Ernest because. Baby. Like, Baby said they wanted cookies now. Mm -hmm. To Trixie because bats love themselves some fruit. And. I think. One to the sub host of this thing. And my justification for not giving one to Snake Spear is that. Snakes are obligate carnivores, and I don't want them to have an ucky tummy, so we're just going to have to find something in the fridge for them to snack on instead. Cute. I am definitely not giving one to Soliloquy, because I'm not, I'm not being put into the situation where they say, oh, I'm not worth it anyway, and I'm obliged to like fall over myself to make them feel better about Oh, I, that feels a little bit emotionally blackmailer, and I am not rising to it. No cookies for that behavior. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not your responsibility. It's okay. I'm very used to looking after myself. Oh my god, this is fucking real. <laughs> oh god. You got all the wisdom. Um, you're like, I wonder I'm... if Edgar Allan Poe wants a cookie. So I think that we've got to say... Uh, the reaction for Edgar Allan Poe to all of these different challenges. Um, I think we'll move to the last challenge, and then, like we did last time, we'll get we'll get the full evaluation of the whole thing, mm. which also buys me time. Um, so Gordon <laughs> Ramsay loves loves your cookie, takes those two slices of bread, puts the flat against on either side of your face. It's like this is the best cookie I've ever had. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> um, 
really, really aggressive, delightful. Um, I think, yeah, Edgar Allan Poe is impressed that you um, made very logical decisions, gave gave the subhost, uh, Gore Dom Ramsey, who likes to be called a Dom host, um, one of the cookies, and then also gave to the babies and feels like Snakespear got, got what they wanted, which was to like be around you the whole time. That was really the treat. Uh, maybe Snakespear and Peaks do a high five your ferret for being carnivores. <laughs> Because Peaks is a carnivore. High five. They're both in the fridge raiding the ham. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how a snake high fives, but I feel like it happened. What's this, What's her tail? Okay. Cool. Little, little, <laughs> little boop. Yeah. Um, so does anyone else feel like cooking or shall we go to the next challenge? The dancing challenge. I could make angel hair pasta with squid ink. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> I don't want any personally, but please. <laughs> One of my blackest recipes. It's like the void inside me. Would you say it's blacker than the blackest black times infinity? I'd say it's so black it's not for sale to Anish Kapoor. <laughs> Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> Stop! <laughs> no! Uh, okay, and do, let's see. I'm glad that landed. And do you want to roll for that? Are we going to defy design? Are you going to do it gracefully? Um, uh, I'll, I'll do it forcefully. Because I'm going to have to squeeze some ink out of myself. Okay! <laughs> Eleven! Oh, we finally got our beat. Book. Okay, so yeah, that's the highest roll we've gotten. Uh, maybe I do want some of this squid ink angel hair pasta. It's so black. Um, <laughs> can you tell me how you do this with style? You can also um, learn something new or discover a new opportunity or maybe gain a string on somebody to use to your advantage later. So you can kind of talk about what you want. I would like to gain a string on Edgar Allan Poe. All right. Who is just fascinated by the amazing Vanta Black yes. Pasta. Is just twirling it around. Um, didn't know you could whip this up like this. What else can you whip up? I guess we'll find out later. Uh, so you had to use your sword for this one. Could you tell us what your sword looks like? Um, so on one side, it's like a fairly standard sword blade, but on the far side, it's barbed like a uh, like a harpoon, but it's got like three or four of them at the top. And they're long and sharp curving down. <laughs> like, holy fuck. <laughs> just want to say, <laughs> this is just violence. <laughs> These swords are really intense, <laughs> and I'm really happy that they're used for cooking because I think the barbs would come in handy for uh, mixing the pasta. You know how you have that little that little. Fork if you want to like fish a single piece out, you can just hook it on the barb and then just. Yeah, it's like dough hooks. Yeah. Um, do you offer? Do you offer a, a single piece of pasta, or, or you don't have that relationship yet? I, I will offer balls to everybody who wants some angel hair pasta. As usual, <laughs> I made too much pasta. Uh, yeah. 
like everyone everyone in the audience gets a noodle um you're just like jesus with the with the bread and the fish there's just too much we don't know where it's coming from there's more and more and more um for for an upbeat you can just really do whatever you want i'm gonna volunteer to mark the guilty condition at this point (laughs) Ooh, tell us more about that um so there's five conditions angry frightened guilty hopeless or insecure and guilty is minus two to emotional support and to clear that I would have to sacrifice something important just to hurt myself for what I did. That's the real, that's the actual quote in the book, folks, just so you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Punish yourself for what you did. (laughs) And as much as not responding to soliloquies, like, obvious sort of manipulation attempt of sounding hopeless in order to sort of guilt trip a response I, th- I think it it's worked after this upbeat I think I'd like to give Jen that like up in the competition against Elissa all right so you have a little guilt is it because is it because like you um gave out three cookies and they gave out pasta to everyone <laughs> I think it's a little bit of that, but also just a little bit of what Soliloquy said. Like, Elissa knows, like, objectively, when someone acts like that, you don't encourage that behaviour. No, it's fine. I shouldn't be encouraged. Aww. You see what I'm getting at here? (laughs) You're like... You assume a lot about her. (laughs) This isn't manipulation. This is just who she is as a person. Okay, but manipulative things don't have to be intentional in order to affect people, so I think whether it was a guilt trip or not, I feel guilty. Just a quick recap of everyone's conditions. Or Alyssa, are you the only one who has one, which is guilt? I believe so, yeah. I have one for hopeless. Okay. Yeah, So, and you started with that one, right? You just started yeah. hopeless. <laughs> Um, so I think, I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> like we just started this hopeless, but okay. So next up for date with the night, um, the performance based date night trial, second trial of this game show. I think we can just do two each cause that's what we've been doing. So soliloquy, uh, you did karaoke and cooking. I think we have one more up for you, Zarai, which could be dancing. Should I introduce the dancing? Yeah, let's do it. Everyone ready? Mm -hmm. So we have yet another sub host. This is Lil Yazx. Oh my God. Thank you. Uh, So (laughs) you can really do anything here. You can go burlesque with the stairs. You can dance on the pole, which Lil Yazx would really like. Uh, You can crowd (laughs) surf the audience. Uh, Whatever you feel like would make sense for your character in a talent show of dancing. I had not thought of this before we started playing, but the fact that you all did a duet at first, um, it kind of points to even Zariah and Alyssa. If you wanted to do a little dance together, <laughs> you could. Uh, I really want to see that ferret out there. Uh, that's my only request as the GM. <laughs> you see, as soon as you said dancing, I thought, you know those people who do like dances that are coordinated with the pet dog? Oh, please. No. <laughs> yes. 
I don't know enough of them. No, can you please send me videos? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and if you find any ferrets doing that, I absolutely need that too. Yeah, I'm down to do that. I kind of imagine like a burlesque thing with my sword, but like <gasps> I'm also down for like a duet situation. So we need to see Sarai's sword. So, <laughs> and also you've got all your f- friends who can be part of yours too. So, I mean, if you want to take a couple minutes to think about it, that's fine. Or we can jump straight in. Um, oh, we could have a dance off. A dance off, oh my gosh. Burlesque versus doggy dancing. Dance off. Would you at the field they never see? That's so good. Yes. I love it. Dance off. Okay, so uh, the karaoke was done together. Uh, the cook-off soliloquy won with that 11 for the upbeat and giving everyone some squid pasta and then dancing uh we call to the stage Alyssa with uh your <laughs> i don't know how to describe it your uh co-doggy dancing <laughs> is this like a k-pop vibe it is now okay <laughs> <laughs> whenever i think of coordinated dancing i think of all of those hours i spend in bed looking through korean pop videos of people dancing big mood is it k-pop or like circus vibes because i've got i love circus i've got a snake and a ferret oh you have the snake too okay so snake sphere is going to be part of your dancing and those two could just do synchronized noodling (laughs) (laughs) i've got a fur noodle and a scale noodle all i need is an eel and i have all of the noodles. The next Olympic sport, synchronized noodling. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it is not already one. I was thinking that this would be like a triathlon with like, which always has uh, running, biking, swimming. And I was like, synchronized swimming. And I was like, that's too much. But you've brought it, you've brought it back. Syn- synchronized noodling. I love it. Okay. So will I be rolling Gris against Amira? So you got to describe your sword. Oh, yeah. So, okay, sorry. So my sword is uh, just a little something I whipped up. It's made out of bones. It's a big femur from some cryptid in the woods. And I whittled it down to nice and pointy, nice and sharp. And it's got a giant fire opal in the hilt. Um, and then I wrapped it with some leather cord around the hilt so it's easier to grab, you know. But uh, and I used some smaller bones for a little god before my hand there. So... Uh, they can't be slicing off my hands and shit too easily. Hey, Lil, Lil Yaz X loves this. Um, lo- <laughs> loving this accent too. Like, y'all must be from Old Town Road? Down, down, down the holler? That's my street name. <laughs> well, hell. Nice of you to come on down. All right. Let's, time for everyone to go toe to toe. Snake, ferret. Uh... Person in a dress, <laughs> big, pur- big, oh, yeah. big, big purple dress, mama. Um, please step right over here. Uh, can anyone see your unseen with you, Sarai? Um, I think they can get glimpses. I think it'd be too much energy if they can just see them flat out. But I think they can see like movement. That's like, you know, yeah, okay, doing the thing. So yeah, Sarai, <laughs> I don't know exactly what y'all got going on, but I love it. And so you and if maybe anyone else is with you, please go to the right side of the stage and 
Okay, so we decided that we're going to roll for Grace. Let's mm-hmm. uh, We Everyone has some special moves, too. So I wonder if any of those make sense. I don't Why know, is you, Okay, cause... why is one of yours called, why did I bring up the snails? That's <laughs> so goofy. I really hate it. <laughs> okay, just... I think you just don't have to do that one. Why did I bring up, and I like snails. <laughs> Oh, I don't get it. Uh, yeah, I think you can choose whatever you want. Like, I think we talked about that. That if you want to change, uh, what your your move your moves were to not be the um, yeah, the ones that they chose for you, it's fine. Um, there is astral dance here. <laughs> I, I didn't see that. that <laughs> which would make us travel somewhere. Oh, never mind. <laughs> A dance across the boundary. Oh, wait. Oh, travel across, across the, the boundary into the realm beyond. So it would be towards the unseen. But I don't know if that would throw off the game thing too much. But um, it's everything's thrown off. For a good finale. This is really. Have you seen Nightmare Before Christmas? Mm hmm. You know the Oogie Boogie dance where everything just gets a little bit more neon? Yeah, I'm down for that. Um, this kind of neon burlesque jazzy situation with my unseen doing things in the oh background like yes. yeah do you have like uh the big ostrich feather fans that you know that burlesque dancers have <laughs> oh completely yes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> full southern regalia oh okay so i imagine okay so you got you gotta walk down the stairs you mm-hmm. show a little leg <laughs> a little sword okay yeah <laughs> Kind of using the sword like how they would with like canes or whatever, but like it's oh with the God. sword. <laughs> I love it so much. What are the unseen doing? They're in the background, um, playing music if that's what they did, or they're doing like background dance, just kind of reliving their glory days with this and just really getting into, into enjoying it. Or we're dancing like they're on the dance floor or something. Just um, oh so God. you see a bunch of movement that's all kind of going with it, but they're really just reliving the best parts of their lives with it. Yeah, everyone <laughs> is mesmerized. Not sure what's going on, <laughs> but very into it. And then yes, okay, enrolled a mixed beat. Um, so we were rolling. I think it's interesting. It's with two d sixes instead of just like a d twenty. Like it does percentage-wise, that does some weird things. So. Yeah, I was wondering if they were doing that because they were trying to make it more accessible because more people have six-sided dice than 20-sided oh, dice. Uh, I, I was thinking that. that. But if you didn't know, audience, now you know, you can just Google like D6 or D20 and you can just roll with Google. Did you know that? I did not know that. You can do it. You can just Google D20 and what? it'll roll for you. Yeah. <laughs> there's but, a whole dice set that's wild yeah yeah <laughs> thank you google um i don't know my brain just went back to fifth edition and i was like grace contest okay yeah we'll just like start playing dnt right in the middle of it uh that would not make us a very good i mean is this a dance fight it could be a fight move i okay so i actually really like that uh because you are going toe-to-toe across the stage sassy dance um so zarai you just came in with your like all out spooky neon oogie boogie (laughs) 
burlesque. Like, I really want to see this show. I really fucking want to see this. like, sideshow uh, goth carnival vibe is really doing it for me. Um, I love it. Anyway, so you're descending up. You're using your bone sword that you've whittled yourself and found uh, in the south. Um, (laughs) um, Using it as a cane. And then I think... You come up to the center of the stage. It's kind of like when you're done with a dance-off, you like come up to the front and you like do a, a head nod up or something, or you do you point your sword out at them. You know, something to show like you're fucking done. This is it. You just threw down. Yeah. <laughs> and if we're gonna use the fight, um, so we'll flavor this like you're seeking to incapacitate someone, not with violence, unless dance is violence, which it could be. Um, I'll say incapacitate with like how shocked they are at your greatness is how we will reflavor that. So do I need to re-roll for a fight roll instead? Uh, Grace is a fight roll type. Yeah, it's still Grace. Okay, cool. All right, never mind. Uh, from the choose two and your opponent chooses one, for my mixed beat, the two I'm going to choose is... Flirt with or provoke your opponent to gain a string on them and create an opportunity for an ally through prowess or distraction. So I think what I'm going to do, like sort of a coordinated K-pop dance with the the snake and the first snake. <laughs> I'm sorry, the synchronized noodling. <laughs> But it's sexy, okay? The noodling, but it's Synchronized sexy. Synchronized noodling, but it's sexy. <laughs> you mean canoodling, right? Canoodling. Oh. Canoodling for the Are we all just making submissions for episode title at this point? <laughs> but yes, I want to sexy coordinated noodle and start to distract Zarai so that Peaks can get a little cheeky move in and just trip and put a bit of a stumble on their dance. Chaos Weasel. Weasley Chaos. (laughs) Um, I think everyone, just at what you're doing, because it's so incredible and so noodly, um, I think everyone, like I was going to say just Edgar Allan Ho or just sub-host little Yaz X, but I think like the audience, everyone is doing what dogs do when you like play a weird noise or doing something weird. And they're just slowly turning their head to the side until it's like t- totally to the side. But they're also like shocked and amazed. Um, which um, danger move would you like to take on me for the mixed beat? So to be clear, uh, Phoenix got a nine for the mixed beat and Amira got an eight and they are doing a dance fight. Um, (laughs) And Phoenix, you chose you're going to flirt with or provoke your opponent and gain a string on them. So you're going to gain a string Mm -hmm. um, and create an opportunity for an ally through prowess or distraction. Um, And now and so Phoenix went first because um, they got the higher number. And so Amira with an eight. Um, you're going to go second, but first one of your moves in response to Phoenix is to choose which one you want. So the other two are through violence or cutting words. You can inflict a condition. Um, and so you could be like, take that nasty ass noodling back to where, (laughs) from whence you came. (laughs) I don't know. And then, um, take an object from your opponent or seize a superior position. Um, hmm. So we can talk about what those would look like. 
but basically you get to do something to get an edge on them to kind of win this battle right right i think i'll say something and I'm just going to be like, bless your heart. Just leave it at that. <laughs> Which, of course, in Southern, we know means fuck Ooh, you. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. I'm insecure. <laughs> That's so good. Okay, wow. Alyssa has been, <laughs> um, after doing such a fucking baller dance, uh, is now insecure with a simple bless your heart. Oh, so cutting, <laughs> so judgmental. Oh, yeah, that's very spicy. So insecure is uh, you might read far too much into an interaction uh, or you might confront an object of jealousy. You might cling to connection or fish for compliments. Are you insecure because you don't think you deserve connection or because you're jealous of the connections others seem to have? You're obviously insecure because Zarai is just uh, so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the penalty is you're going to have a negative two to entice. Guilty and insecure. We're doing good. Relatable. Like, yeah. All of them are extremely relatable. Like, I've, I've, these conditions have got my number. Okay. So, Amira, now you get to choose two for the fight, and then Phoenix will choose one. Well, because we both used fight, we both do the same thing. So the choose two and your opponent chooses one that I did, you get to do that too, so you can pick two of those four things to do to me, and then I pick one back at you again. Okay. Two of which four things is where I think I'm... Oh, so you should go to the moves page, or there's a basic moves reference sheet. Thanks. <laughs> um, we'll say, Phoenix, what was uh, flirting or provoking? How did you get a string on Amira? I don't know what you think I'm going to come up with that's better than being enticingly noodler. <laughs> but I was enticingly noodler. Oh, God. Oh, it was the sexiest noodling you ever did see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm overcome. It wasn't even directed at me. So you also created an opportunity for an ally through prowess or distraction. Um, mm -hmm. so I think that means you made an opportunity for snake spear, which you've just now adopted, <laughs> uh, your auntie Alyssa. Perhaps maybe that's why this absolutely amazing neon performance of like bringing all the spooky stuff to life and recreating the best moments of these people's life, like that should totally be a complete upbeat. So I think <laughs> part of my fight was just to a little bit like put a stick in the wheels of that and just have peaks just cause a few stumbles cause a few trips just slightly derail the competition <laughs> i'm not winning on talent at this point oh. <laughs> i'm drawing on underhanded tactics that sneaky shit uh what i've been told like austin gets very excited it's really cute when he talks about ferrets um and he just gets this really cute smile on his face when he talks about how much they love to steal things oh they love to steal things and i once them. had a donut in my house for about three weeks um, <laughs> they stole the donut. one of my ferrets stole a donut and went and hid it under a sideboard and every time we got round to moving the sideboard to get the donut the ferret would hear it come bouncing oh God, and re-steal the donut and hide it under a different sideboard oh my God. that's so <laughs> cute i feel like a donut is a big thing yeah they they don't eat donuts. 
the, the point just... of having the donut was not to eat the donut. The point of having the donut was to have the donut. Okay. <laughs> Eventually, like, I had to find it and get rid of it before it went to... Ah. That's hilarious. When he was out getting his little nails trimmed in the garden. <laughs> yes, ferrets love to steal. They steal so much. Every time we'd move the sideboard to try and reclaim the donut before we were just flat defied. They'd be like, oh, and there's half the Christmas decorations. Oh, there's the remote. <laughs> Love to steal. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like uh, what you're saying, what I'm hearing is that Peaks is stealing little things, maybe props from Zorai's performance to make them, <gasps> to make it like a little less shiny. So maybe they, maybe Peaks is like, stolen a feather here and there from the big burlesque fan <laughs> or like you know just t- kind of taking a little bit of the wind out of your sails or eyes since you did such a great job <laughs> with impressing everybody so. okay so i need to choose two fight moves now so i think i got it now okay all right so um create an opportunity for an ally through prowess or distract distraction and then flirt with to gain a string on them. Okay, cool. So you're going to do the same ones that actually... I think this makes sense because these are just things you'd want to do to like someone who, someone who you're doing a dance fight with. So that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> um, so yeah, tell me how you uh, flirt with or provoke your opponent. So I'm going to flirt with and be like, I'm a lover, not a fighter, honey. And I'm going to just wink and like do a kissy face and like just <laughs> throw them off completely. Like I'm not even oh. going to like <laughs> lean into the fighting thing. Um, Absolutely perfect. <laughs> that would get for- me. Does that does that get you, Alyssa? That, that, oh, Alyssa, yes. But Phoenix, also yes. <laughs> I was going to say, clutch at your purple dress like, oh. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I was was literally clutching at my my actual jacket. I was like, oh. Okay. Uh, So everyone mark the strings that you gained in this round. And then um, Zarai, how did you create an opportunity? So then from there, um, after flirting and be like, I think we'd be a complete showstopper if we ended this together instead and like reach out my hand to offer to like finish oh, the dance fight together snap 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 fuck <laughs> Alyssa what do you do through violence or cutting words inflict a condition oh shit okay. oh. <laughs> <laughs> because right. this makes me I get one of these uh huh and I don't feel like I need to be the only insecure person around here. <laughs> so she's just going to purr. Well, of course, you'll need the help to put a kind of finale on this, won't you? And then we can do the showstopper when we're done being wow. bitches. Oh, fuck. <sighs> Phoenix, I didn't know all of this, like, really powerful, sexy Dom energy was all, like, hiding within you and i'm like oh all the words i would just be like a stuttering little puddle (laughs) so that was incredible so now you're a little insecure as i yeah but you're i think it's like in a in a flirty way it's kind of like when your heart flutters right like you're you're feeling insecure like oh um I, I, I think they like me. Obviously. Right. They, they, I'm not even sure how to take that. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, but you said, Alyssa, you take the hand. And so this turns into some neon oogie boogie uh, noodle dance <laughs> um, <laughs> that goes I viral. I would like to submit as my title <laughs> option here. Uh-huh. Neon oogie boogie. That's Synchronized spooky K-pop <laughs> noodle burlesque. Also, I didn't see that you sent um you sent some videos in the chat. So you sent a uh, dog and owner perform a cute grease dance routine. Yes, when you said that you wanted to see videos because you'd never seen it before, honest Jane got some, and now we have that to admire. Okay, so uh, I did not know it was to that level, people performing with their pets. Uh, I thought you were talking about maybe like in their living room or something, but this is this is incredible. Okay, so now I have a much better idea of just how noodly this went. Um, awesome. So we did the fight, uh, fight dance, dance fight. Uh, we have our, our final title for this dance routine. Uh, thus concludes Date with the Night, our date night trial of Treats for Tricks. So I think Edgar Allan Poe, again, descends from the pole um, right behind the where the dance number was happening. Um, it's very satisfying. Is doing that, uh, oh, just tiny little delicate clap uh, where you can't hear it, but it looks very cool and important. <laughs> Um, so I think everyone won <laughs> because, well, the cooking, so soliloquy, we already said that you won that, um, for the dancing, it was, it was so close and then it came together. And then also for the karaoke, it came together. Um, Miss Ho is feeling a little excited. Uh, this is feeling less competitive and more cooperative. If you know what I mean. Wink, wink. <laughs> so now we're going to the final chance to win her heart. Uh, Austin named this third act, which I was going to call the Raven Race, which is not great. <laughs> he has called it You Make My Heart Race. So we pan over to the third and final stage. Uh, Miss Ho's Raven hops off of her shoulder, the big-ass raven, grows into an even more monstrous size and is seen at the end of this magically elongated racetrack, which you are all now in front of. So this just seems like a normal race. You're like, huh, that's weird. Everything else required talent and charisma and understanding social cues or getting over <laughs> that <laughs> figuring people out but this seems to just be a race you're kind of confused um the stage uh seems a little bit longer away than it was before but there's clear delineated lines of you know you need to be in your track and they're in their track and you're all maybe are you all in your like little positions? Are you on your ferret, Alyssa? I'd say this is like a foot race. 
but you have a ferret. Peaks has feet. Yeah, Peaks has feet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so no disqualification there. So everyone is in their position. And the raven is at the end of the stage. The wings go up. And they say, three, two, one, go! And throw their wings down. What do you do? Uh, Soliloquy is going to be belting it down there because Raven friend, the most goth of friends. Oh, so you're just happy about the friend at the end. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'd say like the Raven, I think I did not think of a name for the Raven. So I think Raven friend is the name. <laughs> uh, Raven friend. <laughs> Raven friend is to uh, Miss Ho as Peaks is to Alyssa, I think. Um, kind of like. Some sometimes a buddy, sometimes a steed, sometimes an ally, whatever. Um, but yeah, so you're you're hitting it off with the raven friend, and your tentacles are just blowing in the wind behind you. Is it in slow motion? Like I'm running down the hill towards the <laughs> tentacles flowing. I feel like it, it it has to be in slow motion <laughs> so that we can, at least for the audience' sake, so that we can hear what everyone else does. Mm. Um. I think Zara's just gonna, I'ma just take my time and just kind of start on a sustainable little jogging pace, because I'm not really sure okay. what's about to happen. So if this is like the tortoise and the hare. <laughs> kind of, yeah. You're gonna just like saunter over. Is it like serial killer walk where you're still going just as fast as Soliloquy, but... Um, no, very... I'm like, you okay. know, I'm doing my little jog. I'm not gonna break a sweat, but I am like going, because I'm not sure what's at the end. I don't know if I really want to get there first, but okay, I'm you're feeling a little in. insecure. It sounds like, I, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, because I mean, the goal of a race is usually to win the race, but you're not sure if you want to win. Is what it sounds yeah. like. I'm scared of what might happen. And then Alyssa, how does Alyssa react to? Uh, I guess there wasn't a gun that was shot, but the raven's wings went down. And you had a very strong push to go. Did you hold back? I've realized that I've made a terrible mistake. Oh no. Um, have you ever seen a ferret do a war dance? No. A what? A what? Pop YouTube open and look up ferret war dance. Ferret war dance? Yeah, it's like a little happy stim that they do when they get too many demons inside of them. Like, for example, if you wave a feather at them or like tickle their tummy from either side and fluff them up a bit to get them giddy. What was happening? Okay, so this ferret is just like. I feel like as soon as the wings go flap, the ferret starts jumping sideways and just, just pinging like, about, bapping their arms in space and just... Just like wildly flailing and and hopping about, but like they're, they're, they're totally curved. Um, mm -hmm. little, little faces, uh, they're like... Wah, rah, rah, rah. Oh, this video I'm watching, the ferret is like just doing everything. Uh, going in and out of this uh, tube, uh, mm -hmm. like frenetically, just like yeah, they they get the demons 
within them sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, I think Peaks will occasionally like go skittering forward, but then like pull the head right back and do like the little shuffly reversey feats, and then like pop a roll. It's as soon as wings flapped, it went badly. Okay, so um, soliloquy is just fucking busting it like trying to get to the end to this new raven friend um finally see someone who's as goth as they are i guess (laughs) um or as goth as she is and zarai is going slowly not really sure what's up and then Alyssa, you are just having um a very difficult time calming down peaks who is just (laughs) freaking the fuck out um so i'll say as soliloquy as you get closer the raven sees that you are about to get to the finish line and does another big flap and just swooshes you all the way to the beginning what so that's frustrating (laughs) right as you're about to win they say not so fast and swoosh you back Mm. okay so my tentacles uh, start to change colour like vigorously they're like um, like flashing black rings down the length of them uh huh and I'm just taking off back down the track to try again uh, so I'm going to increase my feral. Well, I want to say one thing, which is um, this is the first time we've talked about the feral score. So different players have, uh, sometimes they have their own uh, stats. And so you have an extra stat, like the trickster has an extra stat. Uh, the beast has an extra stat, which you just mentioned, which is feral. Can you explain that a little bit more? Um, so... Because I am the beast creature and I have this whole thing that can come out of me, uh, the, the more feral I become, usually by display of emotion um, or some part of my beast self, uh, my feral will increase. But if I feel like I've hurt someone I care about with um, with my actions in, in, in by being beastly... I, I b- drop out of feral, and if I get down to zero feral, I can't use any of my beast maneuvers. But if I go to four, I turn into my full beast form. Right now, I'm at a two. Full beast form. Full beast <laughs> form. Full beast form. Um, I forgot to say that as we are going to the this third, you make my heart race, race, this third act, uh, the bricks that were laying before around the entire stage and arena are... are Moving up, they're about halfway now to the the top of the stage. Um, And again, that's just something that's going on in the background. You don't really know what to make of it. Seems a little weird. Seems a little (laughs) sus. Um, So yeah, Soliloquy's feral score has increased a little bit. When you increase, you increase it when you express yourself in a shocking way through your appearance or display an intense emotion um, that society wants you to conceal. Uh, So I think when you do that, Soliloquy, the entire crowd gasps. Everyone was like, <gasps> and Miss Ho too was like, <gasps> uh, just because what you're doing is a little shocking. Didn't know your tentacles could do that. And so you're just running straight forward again, right? Oh, yeah. And then Sarai, it sounded like you had something to say. 
Yeah, I want to see if if we have the time and safety to do so. Um, I want to do a divination on the raven. Ooh. So that is a move that you have, right? Yeah. I want to make sure that none of the other, like the devoted and the spooky witch, um, y'all don't have extra scores that I'm missing, right? Like I the don't feral. Think so. Okay, because initially when I saw the feral, because the beast is the first character, the first like character type in the playbook, mm -hmm. um, I thought just everyone in Thirst thirsty sword lesbians had a feral score, which I thought was really awesome. I was like, <laughs> I love that it's just canon that lesbians are feral, <laughs> and it's not a, it's not like are you feral or not. It's like what level of feral are you? <laughs> right, <laughs> shit, all secrets out. Yeah, but uh, it's just the beast, so remember that. Um, no one else has any of those different qualifiers, but Zarai, you want to do something with one of your special abilities, which is divination. Yes. Could you describe yeah. that for the audience? So, uh, Zarai's divination is with tea, of course, from the South and all. So, um, she pulls out a teacup very mysteriously out from under her skirt. You don't really know how or where it's from, but it's there, ready to go. Um, and tea magically fills up the person will drink it and then she'll read the tea leaves underneath to see what's really going on their kind of true intentions or what they're needing in their mm. life whatever so yeah uh, just the same way that as soliloquy started becoming more feral and the the crowd went <gasps> now the crowd is going ooh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone in unison ooh, uh, what are they doing um, and so I'm just going to read it for the audience, like divination when you have time and safety. So that's why you asked, like, do we have time and safety? Like, yeah, you're on a stage. Um, I did say you might die. So it is going to get dangerous, but you really don't know what's going on yet. Mm -hmm. Um, when you have time and safety to read the unseen truth of someone present, describe your divination process, which you just did and what makes it conspicuous. The GM will tell you something interesting. Oh, God, I have to tell you something interesting about the person or the obstacles they face that they don't know. So you need to go ahead and roll spirit to learn okay. the truth or fuck up trying. <laughs> Not that one. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we do it. Here we go. I need uh. to stop watching ferret war dance videos. Oh my god. It was a mixed Oh do you it was a mixed no. beat, so I got a nine, which for divination uh, means That's so fucking high. <laughs> but it's still a mixed beat. The GM will tell you something interesting about the person or the obstacles they face that they don't know. And then they learn the truth about it in clear and condition. So whatever you tell me about them, it's something interesting about them or an obstacle they face that they're not aware of yet. Uh-huh. And then they okay. learn the truth. I mean, there is a very distinct obstacle that you are not aware of yet and that I think was going to get more and more frustrating. But sure, Amira, we can just jump to it and I could just tell you <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on. So I think what would happen is that uh, maybe Phoenix, you would have gotten peaks. Uh, Alyssa would have gotten peaks under control or maybe you never control a ferret. What do you do? It wouldn't be the phrase wouldn't be under control. It would be like console or convince or I'm trying to think of the smart word for work with. Yeah. Oh, Let me Google synonyms, right? And then we can pretend I'm smart. Subdue, is that think what I mean it thinks? You cannot subdue a ferret. Okay. <laughs> uh cooperate. We could get some cooperation going. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. 
the word, the very complex word, cooperate, <laughs> that none of us can think of. Um, so yeah, so maybe they would, uh, Peaks would, uh, she would stop the war dance and uh, maybe cooperate. Any of these things could have happened. Soliloquy, I think, uh, would have continued to be pushed back and then just be like blazing forward and then just become more and more feral until uh, we don't know what might have happened. But with this divination from Spooky Witch Zarai, um, I think you get to decide, Zarai, if you want everyone else to know. Um, but I'll say that you, in some unseen mystical way, have a special knowing that you can't win alone. And that soliloquy will keep failing if she... Has she transformed yet? Okay. Not yet, no. She's only a two out okay. So if she continues to keep trying to just blaze the trail forward and win, uh, the raven will peck out her eyes. The raven will say biting <laughs> things about being a nihilist and a misanthrope and a beast oh, and until you continue to experience emotional damage. Either way, everyone who tries to come up one by one uh, will get pushed back in some way because the raven is uh, the companion of Edgar Allan Poe, the familiar, mm -hmm. and is going to only make sure the best of the best um, come out at the end for Miss Ho. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And so if we were clearing a condition, I guess this just doesn't affect if there was no uh, clearing of a condition, but I think we could say that the raven was probably feeling a little hopeless like maybe mm. no one would win. And maybe that yeah. condition has been cleared by someone trying to divine an understanding. Cute. Love that. So super sick move. Uh, <laughs> also extremely spooky. Thank you. Yeah. How is uh, Peaks doing? What's, what's going on there, Alyssa? <laughs> Are we still doing the war dance? Because I, I got to say, I think everyone's loving it. Oh. <laughs> <gasps> Uh, what I was going to suggest is, as a consequence to the feeling quite guilty about the way that they treated soliloquy earlier, the condition to clear that is sacrifice something important to hurt yourself for what you did. So I think... <sighs> it's really intense. <laughs> Don't sacrifice <Alyssa> peaks! <laughs> ...is going to throw the race because it obviously matters a lot more to soliloquy. So is going to let Peaks loose and hope that the scatterbraining in the general direction of the Raven will mean that Peaks is the one that gets blown back. And they're only going to have fun with that. She's going to have a whale of a time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen... This is also... Uh, uh, I've seen this too, where like uh, someone was playing with a ferret and just like throwing them back. And then they would... Oh, they love... They love to throw. They come like sprinting right back over. Like do it again, do it again, yeah. do it again. Yeah. And then I saw someone spinning otters yesterday. <laughs> oh, that was adorable. Just spinning, spinning, spinning. Um, they were so happy. So yeah, you are going to throw the race and in this in this selfless act, uh, send peaks forward to experience whatever damage might come from Raven Friend. 
I think I don't want to hurt Peaks. Uh, I'm a weak <laughs> game master, so I'll just they they will get blown back. Um, and it's ironic that you're that that you think this is something that will help Soliloquy win, because as only Zerai knows right now, that is not the key to winning. Winning one at a time uh, will not get you anywhere. Yeah, can I actually do like a team huddle real quick? How do you get their attention? Because soliloquy, you're increasingly feral, right? Um, I think when Peaks gets hit this time, um, actually bashes into you. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Maybe Should I just remark that guilty condition. <laughs> just, yeah, just, just remark it. I think also... Uh, what I'm trying to get at here is give you a chance to liloquy. Uh, I think that's pretty fucking annoying that you you feel like you're almost there. And then you don't know what Alyssa's intentions are, but they just let Peaks barrel past you. But then they got blown back. So that could have been satisfying. But then Peaks, she ran right into you. So I'm trying to get that, that, that cracking out. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy. I want a sexy kraken. I've never experienced a sexy kraken. <laughs> uh, so I think getting sort of swept off her feet and shoved back to the beginning, she sort of skids back across the start line, and uh, her tentacles now start like almost flashing like black lightning down the white tentacles, and she's her eyes are going that sort of octopus shape, like her pupils are shifting. Oh. I have to look at what octopus eyes look like. Yeah, I pretty much imagine. Oh, they're really funky. Every time you uh, get, every time you get uh, put back to the finish line, you yet again do the like very iconic tentacle flip, the hair flip, and it mm -hmm. just looks really cool. Okay, so I'm looking at <laughs> and slightly more mucus just flies off behind yeah. me. But now everyone's just trying to catch some in the audience. They're like. Oh, God. oh yeah, o octopus eyes are weird, man. Oh yeah. So, okay, so all right for the team huddle. If I'm still, if that's still happening, or is, or did you have something? I'm down for a huddle. I'm not running anywhere in these hills. You know, I would say like, are you are you looking around at everybody now that soliloquy is back at the finish line and saying like team huddle, team huddle, or do you have some other way that you want to do it? I feel like I'd whistle and be like. Like, real quick, and be like, all right, I need everybody's attention real quick, right? Like, I got some pr information I've become privy to that could really help us out here. So let me share with y'all so we have a better chance of getting out of here. Uh, if if there is, like, a, a chance for success and, and somebody has a clue, I will definitely listen to that. But the eye is a bit twitchy. <laughs> the eye is a bit twitchy. <laughs> and, and she... She looks like anxious, like she's like at any moment, like as soon as this sentence is finished, she's ready to just start running back down yeah. to try and hug the <laughs> I feel raven. like this probably That's makes right. everyone else a little uneasy too. They're like, uh, uh, doing the like twitchy looking vibes at you. Like, uh, <laughs> okay, everything's fine. <laughs> but, and then Alyssa, you're all Alyssa's good. Alyssa's going to walk over, but okay. Peaks is still playing in the wind tunnel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which Peaks is playing a different game to the rest of us at this point. <laughs> okay. I think yeah, the the camera is uh focusing on Peaks and uh ca cameraman realizes that's that's not the point of the show and then comes back to the to the very spicy huddle that is happening. 
All right. <laughs> There's a director somewhere that's, that's like, that's good B-roll. Get that B-roll. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love that. All right. So then I'd be like, all right. Now, I, I kindly ask y'all to remember that we came here looking to win against certain death and or affection, whichever it came out to be. But we are up against death here if we don't get it together. So what I learned is that... I'm ready for affection. Right. Um, so what I learned is none of us can win this alone. It's going to be a team effort of some sort. So none of us can go up there and it won't be just one single person. We need to figure out a way for all of us to either make it down there and win together or to have the Raven come to us or something. I'm not really sure about that part. I just know it can't be one winner. That's a, that's an exciting twist on it. The Raven come to you, and I thought of that. I also want to note that um, Zarai, uh, the first Avatar, you were the image you were thinking about using was Lafayette from yeah. True <laughs> from True Blood, which I oh I felt the Lafayette come out right then. <laughs> it was really <laughs> satisfying for me. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different ways a a person could finish with everyone at the finish line. Uh, you could just you know, knock everybody out and drag them with you. If you <laughs> That's one way to do it. But I implore you to be creative and express yourself and however you um, make this race work. This mm-hmm. is a race to, to make Miss Ho's heart race. <laughs> so I, I still twitching. Um, Soliloquy is like, um, so we all have to get there together and then I can hug the raven. Yes, honey. You can hug the raven as much as you'd like, as long as we do it together. <laughs> we can hug the raven. Okay. Um, are you are you good with a thing? With a, I guess it depends on the thing, but <laughs> I, I'm ready to get out of here. So I'm <laughs> she's she's getting more and more sort of um, octopusy. <laughs> oh, octopusy! Like, <laughs> not octopusy. <laughs> oh fuck! You, you can see her sort of like. Uh, like her arm, forearms are starting to split into two, and her legs are starting to split into two, and her head is sort of elongating slightly, and her eyes are getting just more and more uh, octopus-like, and the, there's like black rings around her eyes, and like the peak of her head is now less tentacly and more just like a single octopus head with like a slightly red peak to it, and she just goes full beast mode. Oh. And turns into a 12-foot-tall kraken <laughs> with this powerful-looking, fierce black beak. Oh, Lord. And, like, g- grabs the other two and starts just suckering oh, her fuck. way down the... <laughs> oh, fuck! Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like, someone in the audience yells out, That's hot! <laughs> Which is, uh... I, that, I know that's your peeve. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, she's very angry yeah. now. <laughs> but... but- <laughs> But more de- more determined than ever to just hug that raven. <laughs> well, since sending that ridiculous mustelid to help you did absolutely nothing. Peaks, dear. And she's going to point at the person in the audience. Oh, Go shit. Go and explain some manners, <laughs> please, darling. Because Peaks' tummy is, grum- is uh, rumbling, so. What do I roll to teach the audience some manners? <laughs> I love that. What would we roll for that? Um, when 
Uh, it's plus spirit to fight with. The... Yeah, I feel like you're uh, if you're trying to do a murder on this audience member with your ferret. That sounds like a fight to me. That's that's a dangerous move. Uh, I also it doesn't have to be a murder. Okay, it could be like just a, a lifelong reminder that we don't fetishize people and don't speak to them like that without their consent. Mm. I like that. Maybe uh, peaks can also. Oh fuck. Yes, second upbeat of the game. You get to do whatever <laughs> you want, Phoenix. Yeah, boy. Um, so yeah, if and I was thinking also if we wanted to be extra intimidating that uh Peeks' new buddy Snake Spear could somehow be involved in the mix. Um, oh, I would love that. But yeah, how do we shame the cat calling audience member? That it's just like, oh, I'd love to, I'd love to wrap around those tentacles. Blah, 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 I'm disgusting. <laughs> I feel like Peaks would probably go scaring off into the audience and just scruff them. Uh huh. Drag them onto the stage. Oh. <laughs> drop them at the feet of Snake Spear and Trixie Battelle. Snake Spear can just wrap round them to keep them in place. Uh huh. And I think Trixie will. Between the anger issues and their obvious understanding of the way that people sometimes mistreat you because they find you beautiful, uh huh. I think that's going to be what they have to deal with. That's incredible. So this is uh, what what Jane was saying, like more B-roll, more B-roll. This is going on the whole time uh, <laughs> while you are continuing to, to race. And so soliloquy, you have... I need to roll for my transform. That is an eight. That is a mixed beat. Uh, for for an eight, uh, one of my choices is pain means uh, pain is nothing to you. Ignore the next time you would stagger while transformed. Oh wow. Okay. Well, that's really good. Um, so okay, so I'm looking at the right thing. This is your transform, and so I'm just going to describe that for the audience. Like you have a bestial form. I think it. It's pretty obvious, like you're going to transform. Uh, you can assume it at will and must assume it whenever your feral hits four. Did your feral hit four or you're just doing this at will? I, I assumed it at will as it seemed to be the solution. Yeah, that's that was a really good solution. Uh, when you do, tell everyone what the beast in you looks like. Increase your feral to four if it's not already there. So it is now. It is, yeah. Yeah, and then roll daring, and then you roll a mixed beat, so you get to choose one, which are, you are in harmony with your beast and make clear condition, you are magnificent and little escapes your notice, you gain leverage or an opportunity with a monster, pain is nothing to you, which is the one you chose, ignore the next time you would stagger while transformed, and uh, the last one, if you wanted it, would be you can move in ways no ordinary person could. If I'd gone for dancing to break out the beast that's probably what i would have gone with mm, yeah i was gonna say that's really a catch-all if you could just your body can do things no ordinary body could do is, is really <laughs> giving you a lot to work with which is what's pretty great about this game the joy of having no bones <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, speaking of having bones, are Alyssa and Zarai feeling okay with being like scruffed and grabbed by a 12 foot kraken to race across <laughs> after, I mean, you did share some of your divination, um, but how, how are y'all feeling? 
I mean, if it works, it works. So it's worth a shot if it gets us all down there. <laughs> so you're like, you're kind of like sigh, like, okay. Um. <laughs> I was like, that's one way to do it. All right. <laughs> I guess this is happening now. Yeah, this is happening now. I imagine s- someone somewhere would be like, this is awesome. <laughs> um, Alyssa, how are you feeling? I think Alyssa's starting to feel pretty smitten with soliloquy. Um. So smitten, when you become smitten with someone, always your choice. Say why, give them a string on you, and answer the question in the Truths of Heart and Blade section of your playbook. I think the way we're playing, you can answer whatever question you want. But for the sake of knowing what that question is, maybe you could read that for us, Phoenix. The question would be, how would pursuing them conflict with my devotion? So this is as you're like banging against the floor as the 12 foot kraken is is, is uh, bounding across this the track, um, which is magically elongated for this scenario. You are becoming smitten and thinking to yourself, how does pursuing <laughs> soliloquy, this beast conflict with my devotion? <laughs> you're getting all philosophical. Uh, the, the camera is zooming in on your face and seeing all of the... Your eyes darting around. <laughs> it's more of a sort of oh baby kind of smitten than an oh baby kind of smitten. And just really feeling for this sweetie that didn't want to be seen for this and like drooled over for this, but still being brave enough to do it in front of all of these people which like provably it made the thing they didn't want to happen happen Mm -hmm. all because they wanted to reach out and to have that connection to someone um i think the main conflict is that some of soliloquy's behavior would definitely need work for it to be considered a kind and healthy relationship Like, there's offering emotional support, and then there is being made to feel terrible because of how someone feels, which would be a bit of a struggle, but I I think they could maybe work through that, maybe with that sort of time and effort and devotion, start to feel a little bit less unloved and a little bit less unwanted. Yeah, no. Now you're just talking about how much you love your girlfriend. So, <laughs> uh, no, I think that was really good, and yeah, it did. It did absolutely touch on uh, the things that you deal with as a devoted. Uh, obviously, it's problematic to be selfless sometimes if it's at the sacrifice of taking care of yourself because you're too busy taking care of other people. Hashtag codependency. Um, (laughs) But at least what we're hearing is that you're not like, oh, this is so hot. I'm smitten with them because they're a big 12-foot kraken. You're like, I'm smitten with them because of the bravery that they've shown and like the nuance of who they are as a person is really cool to me. And that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, So does anyone else have anything to do? I think we're uh, seeing how 
this shakes out, I think, at this point. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so we are um <laughs> so we are coming up to the finish line. The big ass raven is seeing you all coming up at one at a time. Uh this is not how the raven friend thought it was going to happen. Uh or sorry, is sorry. The big ass raven friend is seeing you all come all at the same time. Okay. Is that not what I said? <laughs> You said one at a time. time. You're like, no, I specifically did not want this to happen. This has been the entire past 20 minutes, Joa. Okay, so yeah. The big ass raven is seeing you all come up at the same time. Uh, Soliloquy carrying you on either side. Uh, The ferret and snake spear are uh, punishing some cishet from the audience um, who has been dumb. And... They shrug their shoulders at you, their little, their big raven shoulders, and are kind of like, okay, and then just step aside and, like, show you the way with their wings. Uh, And so right behind you is Edgar Allan Poe. And that is the end of this race. Uh, And they're doing the the, uh, pleasant, polite clap again. Uh, very nice, very nice. Seeing you all work together to get to the finish line and, and help each other out really makes my heart race. Oh. <laughs> so you did a great job. Cute. <laughs> um, soliloquy, you're still... the. Be- Do we call you? Do you have a different name when you turn into the beast? It It's still soliloquy, but it just looks different. Um... Also, she's probably not gonna stop, uh, or 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 not gonna be like, well, yes, we're moving on to the next round. It's definitely gonna be trying to hug the raven. No. <laughs> um, do you want to roll? I think we gotta roll the hug. We already said that you we have do. to roll the hug. And thirsty sword lesbians can't uh. just can't just hug. Gotta gotta <laughs> say some words, trade some dice. Uh, so what role would that be? Would it be heart? Um, yeah, so heart and all of those things are like your stats, but then you have to choose a move which uses that stat to uh, like score it, and then you provide some narration beyond it. I guess it's going to be an entice. Yeah, I think that would be an which entice. Which is probably my least good move. All right. Um, that is a nine. Oh, a nine. Okay. Uh, So even though you signed up for this game to win Miss Ho's Heart, you are now more interested in their familiar. (laughs) Uh, They're way more goth. (laughs) They're they're way more goth. Um, And so you got a nine. So you get to gain a string on them unless they decide instead to choose one. So I think you just gain a string on them. Um, So I'm going to give them a string on, on me. They very much have... Um, I'm going to say that because I, I have sort of thrown myself into this, uh, this desire for darkness and, and, and finding somebody who is as, uh, as, as goth as I am, uh-huh. that's, that, that perhaps, um, it's, it's all going to work out. It's all going to be okay. All of the badness and bleakness throughout my entire life. I'm very unhealthily putting everything on this raven I just met. Oh, fuck. 
Um, so I think if that is influence, if that's influence with the string, um, offer them XP or no, I guess you're, you're seeing, fi you're finding out what it will take to get them to do what you want. If you're spending a string, they're just going to agree, but we're going to say they wanted to agree. It wasn't like, a, it's not a creepy thing. Hurrah. Um, and so, yeah, they're really into you. Um, Edgar Allan Ho is also into, it actually seems like all of you. Um, so she brings out, uh, on her big tray, uh, full of milkshakes, any kind of milkshake you would want. <laughs> and you all, cause that's what you give to girlfriends. Uh, anyone who listens to Dice Funk, or at least this season will know, um, <laughs> that Austin once robbed me of a milkshake Rude. and it will forever be the thing that all girlfriends deserve. Um, and be friends, all friends. You deserve milkshakes if you want to show people how much they care. So I offered to get you a milkshake, and he was all like, no, 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 why are people trying to flirt with my girlfriend? Wait, wait, wait. You offered Austin? Not in the game. We're not talking about this game now. You're talking about Austin was offered, you would buy me a milkshake. Mm -hmm. And I did not hear about this, and I did not get this milkshake. Austin feeling threatened. We need, we need to wrap up this one shot. I got a Laura lot of... asked at the start of an episode of Dice Funk, at which point it became... I feel like I was misconstrued. I, I just asked my girlfriend to offer to, like, someone else's girlfriend via them a milkshake. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. I'd say uh, that's, everything right with that. You deserve a milkshake. Thank you. You of a milkshake. And that is the whole point of this one shot, my friends, is that, <laughs> is that I deserve milkshakes, please. Uh, the first time I here see you, deserves. I'm going to go out of my way to just be holding one milkshake while drinking another one and making unbroken eye contact <laughs> oh with that's, austin that's, that's so good plan. okay so i mm -hmm. think that's what everyone is doing um in this scene maybe well i mean soliloquy you're like busy with the raven um you could you could give them your milkshake if you wanted to but everyone is enjoying their milkshakes um perhaps some people have unbroken eye contact with others um, they can also be vegan milkshakes, so they can be non-milkshakes. I don't know what you would call those. Non-dairy milkshake. <laughs> non-dairy milkshakes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Soliloquy is still all over that raven. Um, and, and now the, the patterning has just changed to little love hearts, but they're all black. Oh. oh. <laughs> Wait, the, the pattern of your, of your skin? Yeah. Our it's little hearts? Our yeah. little black hearts? Little black hearts. Oh my god. I think I might burst. I love that so much. <laughs> uh, okay, well, as this is happening and everyone is enjoying their milkshake and uh, we feel like we've all won, you're noticing that the bricks are still laying around you. Um, basically, Edgar Allan Ho is like, I have this great milkshake to share with all of you. And you all raced toward it and are enjoying your milkshakes together as you're slowly being closed in as she reveals that this entire time I really just wanted to keep you all to myself here anyway <clears throat> what do you do <laughs> oh, that feels like not shit. consent <laughs> I just right. want to throw that out there 
<laughs> Miso is not being nice. Um, the Devoted has a special move called Call on a Toxic Power. <gasps> when you parlay with a toxic power, ask it a question and roll spirit. On an upbeat, it answers the question and grants you plus one forward to act on the information. Or on a mixed beat, it answers the question and the GM chooses one of it takes something from you, knowledge, reputation, or something physical, a mark a condition, or it gains a string. Yeah! <laughs> okay, uh, Phoenix got an 11. Alyssa is on an upbeat. 10 plus, that means the toxic power is going to answer your question and you will be granted plus one forward to act on the information. So is this really the kind of relationship you want to start? Is this how we're going to foster you moving forwards in your life with people in it? That you're going to make them hate you, resent you, force them to be here so they never, ever truly want to? Oh, is that oh, fuck. what we are about to do here, Miss um, Ho? <laughs> <laughs> Damn! Came uh, for the jugular. Yeah, shit, son. Okay, so I think you just inflicted two conditions at once. <laughs> um, let's see. They both feel guilty and insecure um, because those were some biting words. Um, so I will say that this is, right, this is your big boss, so we can expect that you need more conditions for this person to go down, um, or you can also be de-escalating a situation or doing something else, like discovering some other way to work with it. But um, inflicting conditions and just piling on conditions is definitely the way or one of the, the common ways to, or the other ways, I don't know how to say it, to defeat uh, foes or, you know, deal with problems and thirsty sword lesbians. So, yeah, um, feeling guilty and insecure by those intense and true words uh, that you just said, Alyssa. Um, and Miss Ho is going to respond and uh kind of stutter and say don't be ridiculous i know this is what you all really want um this is what everyone wants in love you want you want extreme passion um you want milkshakes you want you want games this is what you want you want halloween i've given it to you of course you'd stay <laughs> I mean, that's great and all, but maybe we could just go hang out at my local graveyard and drink cider. <laughs> we could hug if you want, you know. So this is just a 12-foot kraken, still with one uh, tentacle over the raven friend and kind of... Oh, just limpeted, but just looking up for a moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, there's other things we could do. Besides, stay in your your bricked up uh, dungeon. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Can I um, roll to figure out a person for Miss Hope? Yes. Okay, so I got a nine, which is a mixed beat. So for figure out a person. So that being said, I can ask them two questions, but they can ask me one. 
So how would you feel if we agreed to come and visit you more regularly than once a year? (laughs) (laughs) And let us go back to our lives and everything. So you don't have to hold us hostage. We'll come back because we want to. And there's no resentment or... You don't have to feel insecure about it for just staying here because he scared us. Like we can all we can all win a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'd say don't be silly, darling. Visiting a few times a year. What is a few? Three to five. It's not nearly enough. And don't you want to stay here anyway? Do you not like your milkshake? Is that no, it? I-, <laughs> <laughs> I love the milkshake. I'm just saying. Like, what do you hope to get from holding us here hostage compared to? You know, we can actually develop a relationship and come back and of our own free will. And you know that we're doing it because we actually want to. I mean, what do I hope to gain? Just a delicious, fabulous polycule? <laughs> <laughs> Screaming. And then I think they get to ask a question or. What are you feeling towards? Okay, so, yeah, Edgar Allan Hoe gets to ask a question and says, what are your feelings towards role-playing games? Hmm? Sarai? Well, <laughs> I love them, but most everything else, I love them with consent above all. And none of this is feeling very consensual, which is just going to lead us down a very bad path. Oh, well, wouldn't you just say, look at this, what I have here, and pulls out a scroll that is and flips it out and it's very long and it rolls all the way across the stage. No. (laughs) No. Consent, you say. And so, you know, just huddle around near me. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, there's more milkshakes to come. No worries, no worries. And you all see the magical contract that you signed (laughs) before playing this game. And at the beginning, you know, like, da 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 whereas all three contestants are actually in a beautiful, radical polycule, da 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 whereas uh, all three contestants are actually just having a fun and sexy time. Uh, therefore, all three contestants consent to said fun and sexy time, and uh, therefore all three contestants will immediately forget signing this contract once they have done so and be thrown into this fabulous affair. Uh, and then finally, therefore, whoever wins does not have to do dishes for a year. All right. Well, so, <laughs> see, but and if you we forgot see, about it, uh-huh. then that's no longer informed consent. So oh, no. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> we found a gap in the in the permission here because okay, see, we were talking uh, yesterday about, and we we're like, oh, well, you can have consent with the magical contract where you forget, but now we see that it no longer feels consort. Uh, it no longer feels like informed consent if if the consent requires you forgetting. <laughs> I guess a- you all just thought it would be a little spicy and a little dangerous. <laughs> uh, but then soliloquy, you went and fell in love with the raven. So that's really... <laughs> There's a lot going on here. I mean, we informed consent, but the whole point is that we have the right to withdraw that at any time. Mm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It comes down to let's all talk about our consent and our feelings and what we want to do now. Um, you know, maybe we want that game to be a little different um, next year if we ever play this again. Or maybe Soliloquy is out of the polycule, no longer interested. <laughs> this was fucked up and weird. <laughs> Honestly, um, like, I, 
I mean, I'm not saying no. I just think we have should have the right to go back to my graveyard sometime. It's all, it's all every every line is gonna. Come. It feels weird that I keep having to come over to your place and you never want to hang out at mine. <laughs> oh my god, real conversations are happening here. Mwah. No, yeah, I actually love it in the game, and I think like my direction of like saying like that's not true consent was like in response to her, and I don't know if that's like an official move or whatever. I was trying to see if I could find it because. There's like something about calling out. I think if you could do one more, yeah, I think you should call out just to do like one more condition because three times the charms with with three times is the charm with this uh, character. Um, you could defeat her narratively just by like, oh, ha, ha, we were all just having a little bit of fun. Um, but if you want this to be a lesson learned, you could do one more condition. Um, Maybe frightened because frightened that they're going like, to lose. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like because they they thought they had this whole thing sealed right up, and now it's like, oh no, I've actually done a bad thing when I thought I'd sealed it up in the best way possible. Oh no, the words enthusiastic and ongoing were not on this piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what that's what I hope Alyssa says that in character. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think. She's just swirling the milkshake round like you would with like a glass of red wine. And it's like, I noticed the word enthusiastic and ongoing was not in this consent document. Okay. Well, that's really perfect. Um, it sounds like Miss Ho is going to be doing all of the dishes for the rest of the year. <laughs> um, and then how does this end out? Do we all... Go back to your graveyard soliloquy? I mean, if you want, there's plenty of room. I don't know. I'll offer to, like, mirror communicate with Miss Ho or something. So, like, even when we can't come out, we can, like, at least talk or something. But then Aww, go home. <laughs> mirror, like, communicate with a mirror? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I think, yeah, how this is, this is ending out. So, um, instead of trophies being handed out on stage, right, like, everyone got milkshakes and you're just consuming them um or pouring them all over your body is whatever you do with the milkshake <laughs> and uh we had a good little conversation about consent that definitely needs to continue um but it sounds like it's gonna continue over at soliloquies soliloquies space um or pad um and tomb room <laughs> tomb tomb beautiful Oh, okay. So I was going to say, uh, what also is happening is I think we just need an epilogue to wrap things up. So maybe it's not what's happening immediately, um, but something you were saying, like like what you were saying, Zarai, like here are some mm. things, here are some solutions that happen. So like uh, the audience at home gets to see what three months later looks like. And mm. so uh, maybe you're all hanging out again at Soliloquy's tomb. Um, maybe you don't have milkshakes this time. You have tea. Tell me what this looks like. Or there's also a reel of like, uh, Miss Ho is giggling into her mirror, um, and you're on the other side, uh, because you've all found different solutions to where she doesn't have to entrap you every year into spending time with her. I mean, if we have like a graveyard scene, I like the idea that we're all sort of sitting around, like 
leg dangling off the side of a tomb and we've ordered pizza so that no one has to do the dishes (laughs) oh my god that's beautiful (laughs) yes cute (laughs) uh is peaks there does peaks like pizza uh peaks is uh, i like to imagine that peaks is like just hopping around maybe chasing bunnies around the graveyard but just in a playful way (laughs) uh what about the children (laughs) Did they stay at home? Do they have a, a nanny? Is the Raven friend the nanny? <laughs> like, yeah, I think. No, I think the Ravens come with us. And maybe the oldest is looking after the other two. We gave we, we gave them pizza money as well. They've got like a, <laughs> okay. a movie. Yeah, it's, it's like the equivalent of whatever uh, when the dog is left in the car, like. He's got his favorite song on, the air conditioning's going, he's got water, he's fine. <laughs> I mean, there's still the sub-hosts, maybe they could be looking after the kids. Oh yeah, we've got- They're having like a karaoke and like five-star meals and practicing their dance moves, like, they're having a whale of a time. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, everyone, um, I love this, this entire community takes care of each other. Um, and has difficult conversations when things get uncomfortable. You all help each other with your conditions. And this is just so beautiful. Uh, in this scene, is soliloquy in the Kraken form? Or in the... I, I think after all this and the, all that's happened and the, the deep and, and heart-to-heart conversations we've had with each other, she isn't right now, but she spend, I feel like she spends a decent amount of time not constrained to a human form while with the others because she feels safe with them. Aww. Aww. <laughs> we, we just harmonized our awes. <laughs> that was beautiful. Um, I'm realizing now that uh, for the ending scene or whatever we want to do, we never did the thing where we put all of our swords together. Oh, no. <gasps> well, instead of a cheers, we could perhaps... <laughs> Clink yes. our swords together. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that can be the closing scene as the sun sets on the graveyard and we all just like pull out a sword and put it in the air. And Perfect. What's a high sword? It's not a high five because it's a sword. Is there a good word for a high sword? High lesbians. I don't know. <laughs> yes, we high lesbian. High lesbian. <laughs> Beautiful. And happy Halloween to everyone. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs>